When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Definitely a little outside of our ritual today, but all right, go ahead, bud. All right, uh, welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics. It's a Wisco Fanatics Thursday this week. Uh, we took yesterday off. Tyler's da- oldest daughter's birthday yesterday. She turned seven. Happy birthday, Lily. Um, so today on the episode, we have some Bucks talk. We have some Badgers talk with Mikey. But the first thing that we're going to start with is a question about Brett Farber's Drew Brees. Before we get to that, I wanted to say – Congratulations to Parker Johns opening another location on Monday, February 7th. They're opening their Oshkosh location. So go check that out. Get some some good barbecue, some good pizza, cheese curds, beer. They got everything. I am for sure going to go check it out. Uh, friend of the show, Alex, he's going to be cooking everything up for us. So I'm going to go say hi to Alex and eat some good food. Yeah, Parker Johns is definitely good food. I had the... Uh... I was at the Sheboygan one on Friday night with my wife, and that was good stuff. So, All right. Well, last week uh, we had James, who's in the comments pretty often, ask us, who would you rather have, Drew Brees or Brett Favre? And, you know, I I dug into it, and honestly, their their service time is pretty comparable. Um, They both played 20 years in the league. They both played 19 years as starters. Um, Brett Favre has some more games. Um, and you know, looking at it, a lot of the stuff is pretty comparable, um, pretty close yep. for a lot of stuff. Um, like I mentioned, only an 11, uh, 11 game gap between the two. Um, uh, Drew Brees has the higher completion percentage, more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions. Yep. Um, but then you look at, um, stuff like individual accolades. So pro bowls, Drew Brees, 13, Brett Favre, 11. All pros, Drew Brees won, Brett Favre three. Um, Super Bowls, they each have one. Brett Favre did not win a Super Bowl. Uh, that went to Desmond Howard, who remains the only special teams player to ever win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And then uh, Brett Favre has three regular season MVPs. Um, Drew Brees has one most improved and two offensive player of the years. Um, Brett Favre has one offensive player of the years and then finished uh, second three times. <clears throat> so now looking at this too Brett Favre was also sacked 105 more times in only those 11 games um, Jesus yeah it's <laughs> no wonder he's addicted to painkillers yeah I know right um, <laughs> appreciate you checking us out live now looking at it um, Drew Brees led the NFL in a handful of things more times he led the NFL in completion percentage six times um yep. I don't think it's really a major secret that Drew Brees 
throw through the ball shorter a lot more, uh, especially towards the end of his career when his arm strength was kind of declining. But uh, not to take anything away from him, Brett Favre led NFL completion percentage once. Um, Drew Brees led in yards seven times. Seven times he led in yards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Brett Favre led in twice. Yeah. they both led the NFL in touchdowns four times. And shockingly, with Brett Favre and the amount of interceptions he threw, he never led the NFL in rating. Drew Brees did it twice. Um, that being said, looking at their records, regular season and playoffs combined, Drew Brees 172 and 114. Brett Favre 186 and 112. Then you jump down to playoff record. Drew Brees 9 and 9. Brett Favre 13 and 11. So anytime somebody wants yep. to throw out, you know, the playoff records or whatever they are, it's it's a hard thing to win a Super Bowl. It is. It is. Damn hard. And mm-hmm. people get a little too caught up in, you know, thinking that it's easy to win Super Bowls. And you've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. How do you only have one Super Bowl or one Super Bowl each? And it's like yep. there has not been an NFL dynasty besides the Patriots maybe ever. The Patriots really are are such a recent example of actually winning multiple championships in a stretch of time that really has never been done before, and who knows if it'll happen again ever. I don't so know. It's can, pretty tough, man. Look, you look at Drew Brees' playoff record, and it's five hundred. Yeah. I mean, um. That's Brad. That's a fair point. The Breeze played in a dome, and Brett Favre played at Lambeau. That's that's fair. That's worth mentioning. Um, my answer is kind of a cop out when I get to it, but um, also looking at career things, um, Brett Favre did finish his career with about eleven hundred more rushing yards. Um, not sure if you really want to take that into account, but if you look at their their career averages based on their games played. Drew Brees averaged 280 yards a game. Brett Favre averaged, let's see, that's uh, 238 a game, so you know, 40 yard difference there. Drew Brees averaged just under two touchdowns a game. Brett Favre averaged 1.7. Drew Brees averaged 0.85 interceptions a game. Brett Favre averaged 1.1. So I mean, a lot Ew. of this stuff is really close. I know. Yeah, the interceptions. If Brett Favre didn't throw as many interceptions as he had, he'd his rating would be way up. And just so, made an easy decision. <laughs> right. So um, football reference where I got a lot of these statistics from has um, calculated <clears throat> an approximate value. So this is where, you know, they would rank all time, all positions um, for professional football. Drew Brees slots in at 277. Brett Favre slots in at 259. So so just ahead. So, I mean, if you're having these quarterbacks discussions um, and you're talking all-time, you know, top quarterbacks, in my mind, like Drew Brees and Brett Favre are right here and right here or right here and right here. And if you want to go for, you know, who had a better all-around career, my answer would be Drew Brees. But if you needed a single season or, say, a three-year stretch, I'd take Brett Favre. Brett Favre from 1995 to 1997 – won three consecutive MVPs and a Super Bowl and lost another Super Bowl. Brett Favre from 95 to 97, absolutely nuts. Drew Brees, really well-rounded, solid career. And, you know, his average is just a little bit higher. 
and yeah, that's basically where it came down. So kind of a cop out, but um, if you if you want to pick one or the other, I wouldn't be mad at it. And like I said, if you're doing an all time quarterback ranking, they're probably going to be right behind each other. So I don't know if I want to get into the discussion of where I would rank them all time because that can get messy and we're going to have to look up stats from other players. That would take a long time. They're going to, they're going to be in the same area. You're right. I was looking at the stats earlier today too. Career stats are close except really interceptions. Brett Favre really takes a cake on that. Other than that, you know, he takes the cake in the entire NFL, not just, yeah, right. Just in this discussion. Right, right, right. Um, playoff stats, I mean, they got identical stats except for the completion percentage because Drew Brees did a lot more checkdowns than Favre. Favre yeah. was, you know, that, there's a reason he has this many interceptions. <clears throat> His nickname's the Gunslinger for the reason. You know, he he would take chances. He was throwing a double coverage. <sighs> Something that I'm not going to take away from Brett Favre that needs to be added to this conversation is his toughness. Yeah. I mean, the amount of hits that this guy took, and, you know, you're talking about playing at Lambeau and the elements. I mean, you're playing in the cold, playing in the NFC North. Like, that's called the black and blue division. I mean, we're you're, you're getting beat up. I mean, the Bears, Vikings, that's some big-time stuff there. I mean, I know Drew Brees kind of helped revitalize the, the Saints because the Saints were kind of a joke before he went there, and they had a lot of success. But something I wanted to point out is is 10-win seasons. That's something that I really take into consideration. I'm not considering wins just a quarterback stat, but quarterbacks are important and they – you know, are important to wins. Yep. Uh, Brett Favre won 10 games 10 times. Drew Brees led the Saints to 10 wins eight times. That's how close this decision is for me. Yeah. Overall, when I'm really sitting there and I'm thinking, like, what do I want in a quarterback? The thing I'm going to say is I think Brett Favre is a better leader. And I know that Drew Brees is a hell of a leader. But Brett yeah. Favre is just – he's just – there's just something about him. His confidence level is kind of like – inspires you. Yeah, it's, it's like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's, you know, confidence just going crazy through Cincinnati right now, and he's completely changed the attitude of that entire franchise. Yeah. That's what I think Brett Favre did for the Packers. If you really think about it, the Packers were bad for a long time. Brett yeah. Favre comes in and changes everything, you know, and we yeah. start getting free agents. We start winning. We're going to the Super Bowls. We're winning the NFC North or the NFC Central, whichever one you want to call it. So, for me, I'm taking Brett Favre in this. I mean, the three MVPs is really big in this case. I know he won one co-MVP with Barry Sanders, I believe it was. So, I mean, having three MVPs and you know being on a t- you know being on my favorite team helps. But I'll I'll just say that I think Brett Favre's just a little bit better. But it's very yeah. close. <clears throat> Steve, I I agree with you on the coaching. Um, Steve said you know Breeze had the luxury of Sean Payton, huge difference in creativity over Mike McCarthy, etc. Brett Favre went through went through a handful of coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Andy Reid. He had Mike Sherman. And then obviously Mike McCarthy. I mean, the Mike Sherman years were kind of rough. We had a Mon Green though, so I have a lot of good yeah. memories from a kid with a Mon Green and Brett Favre. Man, they were awesome. Robert Ferguson, Donald Driver. I mean, we had. I mean, uh, one of my favorite Driver's football. Yesterday. One of my favorite uh, football players of all time was Javon Walker for some reason. Because when I was That's, a little kid, is, I loved Javon. That is weird for you, <laughs> dude. He was the entire reason that I got into fantasy football. Javon Walker. Put Brendan Dome in those wanna be close. Oh, I agree. And I've I've said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, Brad. I mean, Rodgers in a dome, you're gonna give Rodgers perfect elements at yeah, least eight that's... to ten games out of the year. My god, five thousand yards, easy. What's going on, Simon? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. And I'm sure there's a, a statistic out there that calculates that because there's 
you know, there's statistics out there for, for baseball, for example, that take into account um, different ballparks. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there is a statistic out there somewhere that takes into account um, domes and, and playing in, you know, in the cold weather of, of say Lambo or Buffalo or something like that. So, or Chicago or, or eh, no cares about Chicago anyway. Yeah, when know, was the I last know. time they had a good quarterback? Let's be honest. Uh, what do you consider a good quarterback? I don't know. Top 15 in the league. Then probably never. I would say probably like Jim McMahon. I don't even know if, was he top 15 in his time? Oh, Sid Luckman. Oh, Jesus. We're, <laughs> we're going World War II over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, I'm just, I'm just going to pull it up just to see what happens here. <laughs> I mean, the Bears. Oh, man. Now we started talking about the Bears. You know, Simon's in our group chat now. We talk about the offseason. I kind of just wanted to ramble right now. And, you know, the offseason really brings out, you know, the the smart in everybody, I'll say. I'll just leave it at that. Bears fans and Vikings fans, man, I am going to have a lot of fun with you guys during draft and, and uh, you know, free agency time because Rodgers and, and Adams are apparently leaving. So I I very much look forward to all my battles with all. Let's see. Okay. I don't know. Maybe um, did Jay Culler have any top 15 seasons? I'm sure he I'm sure at some point he probably did just padding stats because they were losing all the time, and they you know, they went to the playoffs a few times, but that was definitely on the strength of their defense. Jay Cutler, I would never consider him a top fifteen quarterback. Did I he have a either, but... crazy arm? Yeah, but I would never consider him. I top remember 15. hearing when the Bears traded for Jay Cutler and laughing. I strictly remember laughing when I heard that the Bears traded for Jay Cutler because they traded like six picks for him. I mean, they're, they're still pretty desperate for a quarterback, and they think Justin Fields is the GOAT, man. Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. So, <laughs> let's see. Jay Cutler had one, two seasons of <laughs> ten wins in Chicago. He led the interceptions twice, so he's got that going for him. Uh, never threw more than 28 touchdowns in a season. So I'm going to go ahead and say no, that Jay Cutler did not have any top 15 seasons. Um, it would be hard for me to argue him top 20. You want me to be completely honest with you? Uh, it's definitely not Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> no. It might be Jim McMahon. That might be the last one. I don't know if I – I mean, he, Simon's probably right. <laughs> He's probably yeah, right. Even dude. even the even the Super Bowl season, fifteen touchdowns and eleven interceptions. That that might be never. <laughs> yeah, it might be never. I yeah. It's it's pretty close to never. No wonder, they think, yeah, no wonder they think Justin Fields is the next MVP. Oh man, <laughs> that is a. They don't even know what an MVP quarter. That's that's now, here's the next question. Well, they know they... Like they play against them all the time. See, there you go. There you go. That's why they hate him so much. That's probably it. Ugh. All right, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm uh, I'm looking at my Bucks notes, and I'm not excited to talk about the okay. Nuggets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the one I have the least amount of notes for, too. Um, so, I mean, I guess the one last thing that I would say about the Bears is if if a Bears fan is going to say, you know, you had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, how do you only have one Super Bowl? 
Just ask them how many top five defenses they've had and how many Super Bowls they have in the last 35 years. Yeah. Give me change my it's a really easy time. answer. You can count it even if you don't have hands. See Jake focusing hard on reading comments. Take that for what it is. McMahon went to the Pro Bowl in 85. I mean, he was on the best team in the league. The Bears, the Bears 85 team is, is legendary. I mean, Simon, if you want. You can't tell the story of the NFL without talking about the 80s. They were crazy good. Yeah. They had Hall of Famers everywhere. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones is in the Pro Bowl this year, so there's that. <laughs> no, he's not. He's replacing. Uh, he's in the Pro Bowl. Phil, what a joke. I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. That's a joke. Yeah. He had a good year, but he's not a Pro Bowl. Let's, come on. Yeah. The Pro Bowl is supposed to be the what? The top six quarterbacks? And I understand I, yeah, now. Yeah, I know. mean, yeah. I understand now that if, like, two of them are in the Super Bowl, right? Well, then it should be then the top eight. But that 28, Steve, that 28 touchdown year was yeah. 2014. I'm, it was I'm a passing league this. at that point, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, 2014. Wait, 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 2014? Yeah. Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns in 2013, didn't he? <laughs> uh, let's see. Here we go. 2014. Passing touchdowns. <laughs> Oof. Passing touchdowns, 2014. Jay Cutler was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He was 11th. That year, Andrew Luck threw 40, Peyton Manning threw 39, Rodgers threw 38, Tony Romo 34, Drew Brees 33, Tom Brady 33, Ben Roethlisberger 32, Philip Rivers 31, Eli Manning 30, Matt Ryan 28, Jay Cutler 28. Just behind him at 27, Ryan Tannehill and Joe Flacco. And yep, yes, how, he did throw 18 interceptions that year. That uh, that tells you what you need to know about Cutler. He's next to Joe Flacco. That's pretty much it right there. Yep, Mic drop. And yeah. So, technically, he had a top 15 season, and it was number 11. Look at Simon. Yeah. You spend a lot of time oh, wow. knowing uh, knowing Jay Cutler's stats, Simon. That's kind of a weird thing I didn't know about you. <laughs> smoking Jay Cutler. That's the only thing I know about Jay Cutler is the smoking Jay Cutler memes, because those are the best. And, and the fact that he looked like he was smoking all the time. Like I don't know why. His, like, his eyes were never all the way open. He just looked Bro. stoned all the time. Well, he just looked depressed. I mean, he had to play for the Bears. Like, it was just—it was not good, man. <laughs> it's true. You ready to talk basketball? With it? Yeah. Oh, and Marshall. Mar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I don't want to talk about color anymore. It <laughs> uh, was a good. Hey, hey you can you can admit it, Simon. You knew. You it was a guess. Time. Oh, so Simon's just the greatest guesser of all time. He gets it right on the number, not one away. <laughs> Make it less <laughs> obvious, Simon. <laughs> Guess 17 or 19 next time. And we won't make fun of you and your love for Jay Cutler. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we'll start with the Bucks, and then probably in about a half an hour or so, we'll, we'll get Mike in here and we'll talk about the Badgers. But um, – We'll start with that was what last Wednesday already now. It feels like it's been a while since this uh this Bucks Cavs game happened, but mm-hmm. um 
I don't know. I'll let you start because there's there's kind of a lot to get into this, and I don't know. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, I mean, I went into this game thinking like, okay, Cavs are a good team. They're kind of up and coming. They um, are, and people people need to respect that about them. The, yeah, the I mean, years, they're not the basement dwellers that they have been for the last seven years or six years since LeBron they, left. I agree. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, Cavs are good. I mean, I'm still reading the comments yeah. talking about There's, color. Yeah. <laughs> um, we spent enough Giannis, time on color today. <laughs> I mean, you go into this game, right? We lost 99 to 115. And, you know, if you watch the game and you watched how the flow of the game went, it just looked like the Cavaliers were just getting better shots than us. That's what I saw. Um, that's, that's a fair point. Obvi- obviously, if you if you take from what you saw in the game and then you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, man, I feel like every time they shot the ball, they were wide open or they did that one extra pass that got a guy wide open. And you look at the numbers and you're like 41 of 87 on field goals and they were 19 of 42 on threes. The, the defense that the Bucks run is to allow threes. Tyler and I have yep. been over this, you know. Yep. Obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers like just shot. Week. They just, they, yeah, they just, they just shot well. I mean, that's that's really the bottom line in this game. I mean, Giannis had twenty six. Chris had twenty one. Bobby had twenty two. Drew Holiday's game four point six rebounds, seven assists. Not his best game, but he played well the rest of the week. That's all I'm going to say. A little foreshadow. Um, but the Cavaliers just shot the ball well. They had 27 assists because they shot the ball so well, so they're moving the ball well. They don't really have a superstar in this team. This is one of those teams that is a, a superstar away from really contending for the title, mm-hmm. and now they're three to one favorites to get you know 40 year old LeBron pretty soon here. But that I mean, would be weird. It would. Uh, the two things that stuck out to me is off the bench is Kevin Love and CD Osmond just having the games of their yep. life at the, on the same day. Kevin yep. Love with 25 and nine, and and uh, Osmond with 23. Three rebounds, four assists. They both made at least five threes. Osman actually made six, but yep. six threes for Osman, five threes for Love. That's coming off the bench. What are you supposed to do with yep. that? That's 11 of their 19 threes off the bench. And it that's, is what it that's, is. That's something where, like, yeah, it sucks that the Bucks lost, but people got to, you got to give credit to other teams when they play well, man. Yeah, man. It's not, the Bucks are not going 82 and 0, and every time the Bucks lose, it's not because they did something wrong. You got to give credit where it's due. Got to do it. it. It's it's not, you know, the Cavs shot really well, so fire Budenholzer. Like, that's that makes no sense to me. Like, I, I mean, that's something that we want to try to help when we're doing this show is, you know, we want to, you know, create the mentality that just because the Bucks lost doesn't mean that they were doing everything wrong or guys need to be traded or we need a new coach. Like, hey, Cleveland shot a lot of threes. They made a lot of threes. Give them credit. Now, a couple things that I wanted to throw out there is Bobby Portis got a technical foul. He does what he does, and he's going to keep doing that. He got a, threw a dunk down. He got excited. I love that yep. about Bobby. Wouldn't take that away from him. Chris Middleton got up to a really, really hot start. Finished pretty solid. Finished with 21-4-4, and like Jake mentioned. Now, Jake brought up two names – that Bucks fans should keep an eye on. Now, I don't think that the Cavaliers are going to buy out Kevin Love because they are playing pretty well in the East, so mm-hmm. they don't need to start cutting salary and preparing for the draft. They actually could, you know, try to make a run. Um, the other guy that Jake brought up is Seti Osman. The Bucks have checked in on his availability at the trade deadline. So the trade deadline is a week from today. 
So next Wednesday, if we don't have any trade news, we will probably talk about it um, just to see what else is going to happen with the Bucks. Um, it's going to heat up a lot in the next week. Um, so that is worth noting that the Bucks did check in on Seti Osmond. <clears throat> I like him. He's got a good. He's got a game, man. Any six eight, good size. Yeah, I like it. So <clears throat> Giannis, he had the twenty six points, nine rebounds, and three assists, but he also had seven turnovers. The Bucks yeah. turned the ball nineteen times in this game. That's too many. I've I've brought up turnovers almost as often as I bring up third downs with the Packers. Um, yep. The Bucks need to turn the ball over less. Need to turn the ball over less. Um, Giannis had seven of the nineteen. So um, Cleveland got thirty one points off of turnovers. There's the game. And in a game, they lost by sixteen. Thirty one the points off turnovers. Yep. <clears throat> so the Bucks also started six for seven on threes, got up to a really, really hot start, and then made nine of their next 32. So yeah. started really hot, cooled off, it happens. Um, they did remain locked in at the free throw line. I am encouraged by that. That was one of my goals to see before the All-Star break was the Bucks to improve their free throw percentage. They were 16 for 18 in this game. And then after the game, um, Giannis, he said what we're saying. He said, this is not the Cleveland we've known over the past few years. They have a good team, and we have to respect them more. They are a playoff team, and they are fighting for the title themselves. They're actually ahead of the Nets right now after the Nets lost to the Kings last night. Dude, the the Nets are the sixth seed. Yeah, they are. Uh Uh-oh. Between the one and six, there's a three-game gap. I know. I see that. It's crazy. We we said this a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to stand by it, that the East is better than the West this year. The the East playoffs, like when the playoffs start, they we're all going to beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exactly how the West used to be. It's gonna be crazy. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not gonna go as far as to say that there's gonna be a one eight upset, but if I was Chicago, I would not want to play Charlotte. Neither would I do. They go. They get up and down. They could beat you any given night. They really can. So just gonna throw that out there. That was two random teams, but. Um, actually, Cleveland was in first in the East for a couple days. I know it's weird. <laughs> yeah, so there's a three game gap in the East. So for people complaining that the Bucks are the five seed, when by the weekend they could be the one seed, just need to calm down. <laughs> for real. So the last thing I want to say about this game is the Bucks struggled with Cleveland's size. So guys like Jared Allen, Mobley, Kevin Love, um, the Bucks. They don't have that size yet. They need Brooke Lopez back, or they need to acquire somebody, or both. Um, both had a lot both. of points. Yeah, I'm I'm good with both. Um, had times where Dante, Pat Connaughton, Drew Holiday are guarding Kevin Love, and that's just not a recipe for success. He's just going to shoot over you. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, so that's the last thing I had on that. Grayson Allen had to miss this game with his suspension. So, mm-hmm. um. You know, and Wesley Matthews sat this one out too because uh, he had that knee to knee contact that he had in the Sacramento game. So Wesley Matthews sat this one out too. So he could have brought some defensive toughness, and you know, maybe those two could have slowed down Seti Osman a little bit. Yeah, never know. All right, let's move on to the next game. First of the three home games. Um, this game was awesome. Uh, Giannis had the highlights in this game. He controlled this entire game. This, it was this game, night. Yep. This, this was Giannis. This entire game was Giannis against the Knicks. ESPN, last game of the night, awesome. I complain that the Knicks are on all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So for us to go on national television and just beat the living shit out of them was awesome for me. They held <laughs> Julius Randle to nine points on like four mm-hmm. of nine shooting, I think it was. Yep. And I memorized that. I didn't even have that written down. Probably. <laughs> but Giannis, 38 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. That just sounds like a Giannis game, which is yep. really, really ridiculous. His passing this year, I mean, he had a pass in this game where he was driving the lane. And the guy comes a double and immediately, like, he sees it coming the entire way. Just a scoop hand left pass to Drew Holiday in the corner, right in the shooter pocket. Bang, knocked out. I'm like, bro, this guy is just he, – he improved his passing. Last year we talked about how he improved as a leader. The next step is just fine-tuning and getting that jump shot to be, to be you know, a lethal level, and it's going to be over. He's going to be the greatest player we've ever seen because he literally does everything. Yeah. he He's big, long tall tough can score with three Athletic. people on you can shoot over you he could do everything if he gets a jump shot it is immediately over it is there's nobody better than him he will be kevin durant but an actual man because kevin durant <laughs> is not a man he would be like kevin durant and Shaq. Yeah, oh my god think about it's, that dude and think you can't even that. you can't even say that that's not true because he's already Shaq. he is yeah he is like look at the stats he's already Shaq. So, I mean, um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Chris Middleton for something. When I was watching this game, Middleton often takes the ball and throws it either three-fourths court or full court to a wide-open player. <laughs> and this game, when I saw it, it was actually Pat Connaughton who did a nice up-and-under with the left hand. Yeah. And it's like Middleton does that all the time. And he doesn't get enough credit for those kind of passes, in my opinion. I mean, those are easy buckets that you know just lead to runs. All of a sudden, they take a bad shot, and we go down and we get we uh, James. We already did your discussion, by the way. You'll have to rewatch yep, the video. Show, yep. Um, but you know th- those that's stuff that leads to runs. You know the good defense, and then pushes the ball right up. Sometimes it finds Giannis for an alley oop, and that gets the crowd into it. And that can that's a game changing play, in my opinion. So just wanted to give credit. Also, Drew Holiday had a bounce back game in this game: twenty four points, five rebounds, ten assists. So we got to see the Drew Holiday of old. He was hitting threes. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, Giannis was hitting pull-up threes early in the game. Drew Holiday, oh, too. Did you see? Okay, so they did this. I, I brought this up a couple weeks ago uh, with Bobby Portis trailing the play on the secondary yep. transition of the offense. So Bobby Portis is going to trail the rest of the offense, and while everybody else is focused on packing in the paint on Giannis and Drew and even Chris Middleton's been driving to the hoop a lot more lately. Uh, he's been a lot more aggressive. Bobby Portis is kind of jogging down the floor and he just walks into wide open threes. Yep. Keep it's looking beautiful. for that because it's, it's like Bobby Portis keeps shooting in the mid to upper forties and three point percentage. They're going to keep using him that way. And, yeah. you know, it happened in the, the Cavs game where he, you know, he, instead of trailing the play, he sprinted down was the first player down got hit by, I think it was Grayson Allen that passed it to him. He threw down a dunk on somebody. So And then, he, keep... and then he screamed. I remember that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was he got, where he got the tech. Yep. So he got the tech. Keep an eye on Bobby Portis in, in secondary transition. You know, it's it's really exciting, and it's a lot of fun to watch Giannis. But keep an eye on mm-hmm. Bobby Portis in those situations. He he's, gets a lot of open looks in that secondary transition. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you already mentioned um, Julius Randle. I don't know. Maybe the Bucks just have him figured out. Maybe he's overrated. I don't know. But I'm gonna uh, go with the second the sign, one. 
I'm going to go a little bit of both. I think the Bucks have him figured out, and I think he's overrated. I don't think he deserved that four-year, $117 million extension. And last year when people were talking about him as an MVP candidate, no, he's not He's not ready for that yet. Oh, Christine said he's the second-best quarterback we've ever had. <laughs> that was pretty tough. We've had three pretty good ones. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. I hope she's not a Bears fan, but that would be unfortunate. <laughs> yeah because we abuse you um so two guys this is another one two more guys that bucks fans should keep an eye on mitchell robinson and nerland's noel those two guys they're both low enough salaries that the bucks could make deals work for them um mm-hmm. if i'm the knicks i'm not letting go of mitchell robinson because i think he's a better player um nerland's noel would kind of fit that bill of of some rim protection and some rebounding help that the bucks really need um, so that was a guy that I proposed a couple weeks ago. Um, but they should both be on the Bucks' radar, even though Nerlens Noel got kicked out for for following Giannis super hard, and then Montrez Harrell did the same thing. And yeah, Montrez Harrell at least was cool about it after the game and like went up to him, and he wasn't. I don't think he was actually trying to hurt him. He was just making right. up. He was that was an effort play, in my opinion, kind of like the Grayson yeah. Allen thing, where he was just trying not to let Giannis go up and score. It is what and, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'll, I'm not I'll, upset at that. We'll, we'll save that for the Wizards game. Um, two other guys that I want to throw out there. Evan Fournier, give him credit. He had a nice game. Baller. 25-7-3. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, so good for Evan Fournier. I don't I don't mind him as a player. I don't care for Julius Randle. Uh, another guy that I don't care for, I've been saying he's overrated for years, is R.J. Barrett. <laughs> he had a real nice 6-for-20 game. Um, no, but he's improved as a shooter. He's going to lead the Knicks to the playoffs. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. not be excited about him leading my team. Like, yeah, he's improved as a shooter, but, like, from 36% on field goals to, like, 41% on field goals. <laughs> he's just he's just not worthy of a number three pick. It is what it is. Yeah, that's – He's just getting overhyped because he's in New York, man. That's I, that, Honestly – Let's call it like it is. They, they traded for Cam Reddish for a reason. Um, yep. Because he can actually if, score. <laughs> if I if I was the Knicks, I would have sent R.J. Barrett in that deal instead of Kevin Knox, personally. I think Kevin Knox has more potential than R.J. Barrett does. Knox um, is really raw, dude. He need, he needed a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. He's raw. He was just sit, he's sitting behind R.J. Barrett. How sad is that? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And I think the he's Knicks more athletic than R.J. Barrett. He is, easily. I mean, R.J. Barrett is really low to the ground, and he's not a great shooter. So that's a combination for not very good, in my opinion. I just I call a spade a spade. It is what it is. Sorry, I hate the Knicks. New York is annoying. Okay, so <laughs> that's how I feel. Uh, Jake, Jake mentioned the three quarter court pass that Middleton had. He also had a really nice left hand bounce pass to Drew Holiday, who cut back door for a basket. Then the very next play, Giannis cutting across the lane looked like he was gonna put in a layup, and then he just throws a dunk down. Like, yeah. like who does that? Giannis does that. Like that's yep. yeah. I was watching the play, and I'm like. It was, it was like at like the 10-minute mark of the, I think, the fourth quarter. And I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Giannis is going to lay it in. Dunk. Oh, shit. Like, I had to watch it twice. I was like, how did he – like, what? He took like Good. two steps from like this far behind the free throw line. And right. then I'm like, all right, here comes finger roll. Bam! Like, fuck. <laughs> right. guy's a monster. I mean, they call him the Greek freak for a reason. And, and it, he puts it on display often. I don't know why it still surprises me when he does that. Right. Um this is one of the things that until the Bucks add another rim protector, expect to see the Bucks playing some zone in the second half when Giannis is not on the floor. 
I would not ever expect to see it in the playoffs, but expect it in the regular season when Giannis is not on the floor because the Bucks still lack that rim protector. So they're just going to kind of honestly try to kind of conserve energy when they can. Uh-huh. Um, Giannis late in this game is hitting mid range and threes. I mean, he had oh he had one play, so this was just under two minutes left. Catches the ball like like the elbow extended, wide open. Pump fakes a three, watches the guy fly by him, takes one dribble, pulls up for like a fifteen footer, butter. Yeah, that's he looks those, smooth. He that's looks smooth. one of those IQ plays where Giannis talked about early in the season, wanting to challenge himself on on his basketball IQ and making higher IQ plays. Passing up an open three to take a one dribble pull up that's wide open at a you know a higher percentage shot, that's a basketball IQ play, and that's where Jake's talking about having a reliable jump shot. That was yep. it was beautiful, just a thing of beauty to see Giannis just take a one dribble pull up into a wide open jump shot and hit it. <sighs> imagine imagine right. if he could, if people have to run him off of the eighteen to fifteen to eighteen foot line, right? Imagine people have to run him off that. He takes one step and dunks in your center. What do you do? What do you do? You just put your hands up? It is what it is. It's Giannis? Come on, man. He, he's about to be ridiculous. We haven't even seen the best Giannis, dude. Uh, dude, I've been arguing with Bulls fans for like three straight days. I'm so annoyed right now. So, I, I fortunately, I had to argue with Bucks fans, which was even more unfortunate <laughs> because I saw people complaining about the Bucks who who didn't have the best – stretch of games shooting the three-point shot Mm -hmm. but people complaining about why we don't have other players around Giannis um why we don't trade for like a Ben Simmons or something like that or why the Bucks have guys just standing around on the three-point line and it's like do you realize that when teams have to allocate two three sometimes more defenders those guys are getting wide open shots and you know the question was asked well, you know, if the the Bucks aren't hitting them. So I, you know, as I do, I went and got statistics to prove people wrong because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks are ninth in three-point percentage in the NBA and they're fourth in three-point makes. So they're top I, 10 in three-point percentage. They're top four in makes. What, I saw this. I saw this argument. I remember seeing this. I remember what, seeing like, this. Like, what more do you want from the Bucks? They're shooting the three-point. Top ten in the NBA, top five in makes. Like, I don't know what more you want from them. Like, it's it, yeah, I agree, Brad. I do not want Ben Simmons anywhere near this team. Dude, um, do you know what the best comment to that whole thread was? What was after you said they're ninth and and then fourth? The guy was just yeah. like, "Well, all I'm seeing is them missing." <laughs> I'll well, leave my eye test over your statistics. Yeah, I te- watch the whole game. <laughs> How's that for an eye test? Jeez. That was uh, that was funny. I, I enjoyed remember seeing that. that. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll stick to the statistics. You can have your eye test. Yes, the eye test, you know, it, it matters game to game. But when you're questioning an offensive scheme and an offensive game plan across an entire season and the way that you go into every game, give me the statistics. Yeah, you basically are just like, yeah, hey, here's the scale. This is what it says. You're going to tell me it's wrong, but it's not. So good job, buddy. <laughs> and basically you know, that's, what he that's, just did. You know what? I'll, I'll I should have given the person this that that's the adjustment that you make. Is you know you see it's not your game shooting the three. You tell your guys, hey, let's get in the paint. Let's get some layups. Let's see the ball go through the hoop. Let's you know let's run some pick and roll. Let's try to get some guys some open shots, as opposed to continuing continuing to let it fly. So yeah. 
I, you know, I can, I can give that, you know, a second thought on an argument in that specific discussion, as far as an eye test is concerned, you know, that's an adjustment you can make in a game where it feels like you aren't hitting your three pointers. Um, a well, couple more things with the Bucks and Knicks game. Only 12 turnovers, mm-hmm. much better. Um, if they're under 13, they'll be top 10 in the NBA. Um, and it, and they had 27 assists. So 27 assists, only 12 turnovers. I will take that all the time. And then free throws were another big, big, big part of this win. Uh, the Knicks were 16 of 28. That is gross. And the Bucks were 27 of 31. That gets a big thumbs up. Oh boy. Yes. So, one thing I want to see. Got to throw out there. Grayson Allen added 15 points, kind of serving as the fourth scoring option. Bobby Portis kind of had an off night. But uh, throwing in George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, 16 points between the three of them, six for 15 on field goals. So, um, yeah, bench scoring, not really a, a forte in this one. Yeah, let's not talk about bench scoring. <laughs> yeah, and now we got to talk about the Nuggets game too. So that's, that's so. What I was gonna say is the guy was probably watching the Nuggets game when he said he saw a lot of misses because we didn't shoot the ball well in this game. And the uh, Nuggets were lights out. The Nuggets were lights out. Uh, the first thing I wanted to point out is I want to know if you could find out because I was trying to find out but I couldn't. Uh, did the Joker have ten assists in the first quarter? Let me see. I'll look it up. You you talk, I'll look. Okay, because he ended the game with 18 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, and, you know, it seemed like the guy just had 10, 10 of those 15 in the first quarter. He was just moving the ball. I mean, Joker is amazing. He's not fast and athletic, but, God, that guy is so smooth. He just knows he's where he crafty. wants to get. Yeah, he just, he's, he's, like, he's like a taller Luka, which is crazy because Luka's 6'7". And he does. He says they have the same exact game. They can both shoot. They can both handle. They're both not athletic, but they just know where they want to be, and they just know how to get good there. Good footwork. Yeah, yeah, they're just good players. Um, love Joker. Uh, Nuggets have a lot of good players. They had six people in double figures. That's just insane. Um, they had fifty nine bench points. That's insane. And in the second half, the Bucks lost this game seventy one to forty three. Yeah. Third quarter was 38-24, and the fourth quarter was 33-19. So, I mean, you add all that up, it's 71-43. to The only person that really, really had a game worth mentioning, and it really wasn't a great game by his standards, is Giannis. He had 29-9, mm-hmm. and nine, but he, he was 9-19. at half. He had 22 yeah. at half. Yeah, I mean, Giannis had a good game. Other than that, I mean, Denver shot 60% on field goals, and they, they ended the game at 53.5% on three-pointers. That's just disgusting. You're not going to win a lot of games like that. That's the second loss this week where they gave up a crazy amount of shooting. The Knicks don't have crazy shooting. The Wizards don't have crazy shooting. That's why you're yep. able to win those games. Yep. The Nuggets, they have some shooters, and they were hitting. It is what it is. It's the NBA. Yeah, so – Looking it up, um, I don't see. I'd have to go through the the play by play and actually count it out, but to see, it just says he had fifteen total. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing is is fifteen total. I'd have to go play by play to see if he had ten in the first quarter. So I had just a, a handful of things in here. Um, even after the first quarter, the Bucks rolling down three despite turning the ball over five times, and the Knicks or the Nuggets making twice as many threes. 
it's 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 really unfortunate the Bucks didn't have Brook Lopez for this game because they really could have used somebody big to defend Jokic. Um, I love Bobby Portis, but he's not. He's still not a rim protector. He's not. He's really, in my mind, more of a power forward than a center. But I mean, Jokic is an MVP candidate for a reason because he's Nikola Jokic and he's a beast. Um, the Bucks had it, to try to use Wesley Matthews and Drew Holiday on him at eight. He had eight. I just went through the play-by-play. That's disgusting. And it's probably because the Bucks had to double him all the time, and he was just kicking yeah. wide-open shooters. They, I mean, uh-huh. Denver made six threes in the first quarter. Um, yeah, Brad, I saw that. I don't know. I didn't see any reasons why Giannis and Thanasis were at the Syracuse game. I don't know. That Maybe is, they were scouting for, for Horst. I don't know. That is random. That was very random. Um. This, yeah, this game was pretty much Giannis. Um, I got to say, I had some arguments with Bucks fans about Chris Middleton during this game, and I mm-hmm. swear it's because I didn't watch the game. People were complaining that Middleton only had nine points. He got his ankle stepped on and twisted by Aaron Gordon, who is not a small guy. He went for a layup. His foot was sideways. Aaron Gordon stepped on his heel, and it twisted his ankle. So, yes, Middleton only had nine points. He also only took eight shots. He made four of eight, so he was still 50% on his field goals and added five rebounds and seven assists. Like, did you – I honestly wish the Bucks would have just held Middleton out for the rest of this game. Um, but just just complaining based on box scores, just stop doing that. Just just stop doing it. That's the eye test, Tyler. That's the eye test, oh didn't you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, the same thing happened during the Wizards game. The people are complaining about Middleton's field goal percentage, not realizing mm-hmm. that he's got his hands full trying to guard Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, he's he's pretty good offensively. He's nowhere ready to defend a guy like Giannis defensively, but Kyle Kuzma had it going on offense, and Middleton was doing his best to defend him. Uh, Middleton was guarding Montrez Harrell for a couple possessions. I mean, that's that's a context thing. I'm not trying to say that Middleton, you know, shouldn't have any criticism ever or you know shouldn't be criticized when he has bad games but looking at the entire month of january um yeah brad i agree people claim to understand the game but don't looking at like i posted my stat of the week last week was chris middleton from january 7th up until the nuggets game and he had been averaging like 24 six and a half and six on like 50 40 90 shooting Mm-hmm. And then people just going, oh, how's he shooting tonight? How's he shooting tonight? Oh, Middleton only has nine points. Like, like it's you're bringing up half of a game of basketball that he got his ankle twisted versus three weeks of games. Like, like your sample size of a poor performance is this big, and and mine and mine is this big. <laughs> oh God! Like, <laughs> you're bringing up like twenty four minutes of basketball. So like the last 12 games. Yeah. Stop doing that. Stop and 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 the the box score. The box score judgment is Oh my god, it sucks. I hate it. I hate the box score judging. I hate it's garbage. It. It it's garbage. Let's it's, just call it yeah. like it is. It's garbage. Um Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted Middleton taking a bunch of jump shots. He had his ankle twisted. He's probably not going to shoot well on a bad ankle. Legs are important in shooting. You have to get a lot enough jump. What? I didn't know that. (laughs) It's called a jump (laughs) shot. Oh, my God. You're right. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I guess I'll just throw this out there, and then I'll I have some things that are just kind of all around things. Um, Giannis asked Budenholzer to challenge a flop, um, asked him to challenge a foul, and uh, <laughs> what? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, Giannis asked Budenholzer to challenge a play and did it. And they won the challenge. Jeff Green flopped, so Giannis got the and one. Uh, or no, he got the bucket. They didn't count the foul. Um, so Budenholzer did win a challenge that Giannis asked him to challenge, so they got that going for him. So that was probably the biggest win of the night, I would say, I guess. That's fair. All right. Do you have anything else with the Bucks nuggets game? Kind of an ugly no. one. We got our butts whooped. They shot well. Yeah, that's what I got from that. <laughs> yeah, and that game had the last three MVPs in it, and it's probably going to have the next one in it too. You think right Joker? Now, right now, right now, Jokic and Giannis are, are I would say two of the top three. Yeah, and Bead's probably the other one. And Bead's in there too. Well, don't don't ask Stephen A. because he doesn't even have Giannis in his top. Yeah, five. him. Yeah, he. Well, you know, he had his statement about Milwaukee last year, so I think that factors in. And he, he basically is, like, leading the charge trying to get Rodgers out of there, man. Ah, whatever. I, yeah. Whatever. I don't even – stop stop watching, like, I, I hope the Bucks sports. go to the finals again so I can hear him cry about it. Yeah, that's – yeah, just stop watching mainstream sports. Stephen A. and Skip Bayless, they're just Wisconsin haters. Yep, for it some reason. Yeah, for some and, reason. Like, is awesome. Like, it sucks in the wintertime, but – so like right now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, right now, yeah, it's uh, it's fucking cold. <laughs> yep, but hey, I mean, if you go like two hours south of here, they're getting like two feet of snow. So we're avoiding perspective. That, perspective. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Bucks and Wizards. This one was on Tuesday night. Bucks Wizards. Uh, I actually missed the first half of this game. I was at work, but. <clears throat> I was able to watch the highlights of that, so I think I don't want to comment too much on the first half. But second half, I watched ninety percent of it, and Giannis is still good at basketball. Breaking news: um, thirty-three points, fifteen rebounds, eleven assists. Say the guy knows what he's doing a little bit. Uh, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, you know, you you explained, you know, you gave the context on it. I still think he had a good game. The guy is playing both ends of the court. That's all you can ask. Drew Holiday, twenty-two, five and two, Bobby. Grayson Allen had a nice game, 10-6-6. Six, six. Your fifth Dude. fifth option getting 10-6-6, six, six, that's nice. I'm, I'm a little bummed that you missed the beginning of this game because the Bucs got out to a real hot start. Um, they were out 14-5, forced a really early timeout. Bobby had six points early. Grayson Allen had eight points early. Uh, Grayson Allen hit a Euro step. He did. He hit a real nice Euro step. Um, yeah. Uh, the Bucks went on a ten to one ten to one run after the Wizards closed the gap. Uh, Pat Connaughton was heating up. Um, <laughs> so this was really funny. I'm bummed that you missed this too because I was watching it on Bally Sports. So I heard the Bucks announcers say this. Um, Giannis wanted a foul call on a shot. Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma got the rebound, and Giannis did kind of a frustration foul, and he reached for the ball. And Kyle Kuzma did the the Trey Young head flick back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the Bucks announcer, they're doing a flagrant review and they're watching the play. And the Bucks announcer goes, Yep. And you see here, Kuzma throws his head back like he was in a car accident. 
<laughs> oh God, was it Marcus Johnson? No, it wasn't Marcus Johnson. I didn't wow. know who it was. It was the other guy, and I don't remember his name. Is it Steve um, Bardo? Might have been Steve Bardo. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Giannis like all it was like all the way across his shoulder when he reached for the ball, and and Kuzma flipped his head back, but they went and reviewed it and they they challenged and they held it up to a, a common foul. But um, the Bucks actually had really really balanced scoring in the first half. All nine players that checked in in the first half all scored. That is amazing. Yeah, and Brad mentioned only had one shot in the first quarter, and that was a half quarter that he threw up at the buzzer. Um, he had like a lot of assists really early in this game. Like I think he had, he might've had seven assists at halftime. Um, but he came out of the half scored right away, went and got a block and then the bucks. So this is, this is what I wanted to bring up. So in the, the, they did this in the Knicks game. They had the first and fourth quarters. They were Mm -hmm. plus 19. The bucks in the third quarter, this is season wide are 24th. Indifferential in the third quarter. Like I don't, I don't know what it was because, like in the in the Wizards game, the Bucks were getting a lot of good passing and they were getting a lot of open shots. They just were not making them to save their lives. Like tons of wide open looks, they just could not hit them. So I don't yeah. know what it is with the third quarter, but um, that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on as the Bucks start a West Coast road trip. Is keeping an eye on what they do in the third quarter. Um, Giannis is getting deep in the paint, so they stopped shooting threes for a while. Um, his his footwork is improving too. So Giannis is getting similar to the way that Tyler Wall can score for the Badgers. Giannis can get deep into the paint. He uses a pump fake here or there. If he doesn't score through you, he's just going to score over you. <laughs> That's yeah. basically how it is. When I said earlier in the show that Giannis is Shaq, like watch him with the ball in the post. If he catches the ball in the post and you leave one defender on him, he's going to score. 100%. Um, at one point, actually, Spencer Dinwiddie felt the need to to leave zero defenders on Giannis, and they gave him a, a wide-open dunk. So, um, I mean, you know. he made a business decision, man. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's the same decision I'd be making. Um, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> they they threw a couple different guys on Harold. The Bucks were playing good defense on him. He was just hitting shots. Harold's so a good player, a, man. That's, that's one of those things where – if somebody wants to complain about a box score at the end of the game, like if you had watched the game, Harold was hitting contested jumpers and playing with energy. Like he, he played well. The credit goes to Harold, not that the Bucks did something wrong because they were playing good defense on him. Man, um, he, he left the Lakers and he was just like, man, my basketball career is back, baby. Dude, he was horrible in the Lakers last the year. Same way. Man, and Kuzma's got game. And I said he that might, the other day. He might be most improved. He's got game, man. They, the Wizards got some good players over there. I, they just they don't have any defense. That's why they blow so many leads. And they don't have. You know, they no did, They played this game without Bradley Beal, but they need a they need a point guard too. You know. Yeah. I don't know if John Wall's available or whatever, but. <laughs> oh God, bring him back, baby. <laughs> um, he's got to finish out his supermax contract before anybody's going to want to touch him. Oh um, Lord. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say a lot about the foul on Giannis that Harrell had? It was it was a basketball play. I'm not going to overreact to it. Uh, the guy was making a play in the ball. Okay, we will comment on that in a second. Um, but it was just a basketball play. I don't think he was trying to intentionally hurt him. You even saw him, like, after you know, during the altercation when he was talking with Bobby, he's kind of like, Bobby, man, like, you know I'm not like that. I'm not out here trying to be dirty. Like, he's trying to plead his case. 
Uh, I'm just I'm before I, I cast judgment, I want to see all that stuff, like what they're saying, how they're acting, mm-hmm. how they carry themselves. And I don't think, you know, I, I don't think he meant to hurt him. And even after the game, like I said earlier, you know, he went up to Giannis and he was just like, man, you know, he's like shaking his head. You know, he's he was probably saying something along the lines of I, I wasn't trying to do that. I hope you're all right. You know, when you see Giannis start to grab the side, you start to get a little worried. I was like, oh, man, please don't be a rib. Please don't be a hip. You know, there's a lot of stuff that it could be. Uh, but Giannis got up because he's a Greek god and he he's completely ripped and he's got a lot of muscles and it didn't hurt him that bad. So we'll be OK. <laughs> I I agree with the the flagrant one because he did do the wind up like. Yeah. You gotta follow Giannis hard if you don't want him to score. <laughs> that's I mean, that's the name of the game. Um, Grayson Allen took a charge in this game. So I mean, you know, it was a, a it was a nice of, play too. That was in the fourth quarter, right? Um, Ryan, I did actually mention during when we talked about the Knicks game that the Bucks should have their eyes on Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. Um, I think it would probably be easier to get Nerlens Noel than Mitchell Robinson, but um, you know, it's definitely worth checking in on both of them. What do you so think about you, uh, Brad's question here about Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford? So. He's like, I, I pulled up his, his his season stats. He's nine points, six rebounds in 47 games this year. Um, actually, the Bucks game was the first game he didn't start this season. It was the first game he came off the bench. Um, and he's long, athletic. He doesn't shoot threes, not that he needs to, but uh, 1.6 blocks a game. I mean, if if the Wizards are interested in moving on from him, I'm here for it. I'm looking at box plus minus. He's he's a perfect 1.0 on offense and defense, box plus minus. I mean, I'm for it. He's he's only 23 years old, so the Bucks could work know, on yeah. him for a while. Um, I would say I would put him after a couple other guys, like, um, like Mitchell Robinson, I would say, is one definitely to consider. Um, I would put him, I guess, in the same tier of guys with Nerlens Noel. I really, really, really think the Bucks should do what they can do to get uh, Mo Bamba because he adds that three-point shooting. He adds that free-throw shooting in addition to, like, his his arms. Like, like if he's sitting, like, in, like, the back seat of a minivan, like, he could start your car for you. Like, that's how <laughs> long his arms are. Also, the 414 needs to get bumped into Mo Bamba. And Mikey's going to know what I'm talking about when he gets on here, baby. (laughs) Go crazy. (laughs) Um, So, like, next Wednesday, if the Bucs already haven't made moves, like, next Wednesday we will talk a lot about trades. Because the Bucs are going to do something, and if they haven't done it by next Wednesday, the trade deadline is next Thursday. So, um, if nothing happens between now and then, we will definitely have more trade discussions next Wednesday. Um, do you want to say anything else about the Bucks besides the fact that they are still 20 and five when all the big three play? No, uh, relax. We need to take yeah. Aaron Rodgers quote and apply it to the Bucks. That's what needs to happen. I'm with that. Relax, relax. And, and stop right. staring at box scores and then throwing shade. Like oh, I think, test. think, yeah, oh, I think, test. think before you type, I would say Come on, think man. before you type. All I'll right. give you a damn eye test. You wanna do you wanna say anything about Dante DiVincenzo? I saw a comment about that saying no reason uh, ever on court. Okay. This this is where a real eye test comes into factor. Okay. 
Um, Dante gets a lot of tip balls. He does a lot of the hustle, dirty plays. Yeah. He's always one of the first on the floor. Um, I've actually seen him make quite a few good passes where if you really break it down and you're, and you're thinking about, you know, he makes an extra pass or he, he's the one that did a pump fake, took a dribble and bounced it to the guy who scooped it to the cutter. Like you got to think about all the steps. There's more than just him shooting four for four for nine or four for 12 or, and one for seven from three. There's more to the game Mm -hmm. than just shooting percentages and, and scoring. I mean, he, he helps a lot on defense. He digs out a lot of rebounds. Like, Dude, he does so many many good positive things. Let me does throw he... you out one reason because I do think if if the Bucks make a trade for anything meaningful, it's going to include Dante. No, uh, I, I understand think, that. I think Grayson has made him expendable. But to yeah. this point, I want to throw one team as a reason for keeping Dante DiVincenzo. What team do you think I would throw out there? Actually, there's two. I'll give you one from each conference as a reason to keep Dante. Like on their team? No. But the teams that Bucks would have to face. Oh well, I would say probably Golden State, maybe. Nope. Or or you think of Phoenix? Phoenix. Phoenix is Phoenix. one, and one from the East that had a reason to keep. Oh, uh, the Nets. The Nets. Defending uh, I mean, defending the Nets and defending the Suns, the Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Those four guys are a reason to keep Dante if. You know, if say, if say the Bucks offered what I've seen is is Dante, Semi Ojale, and Rodney Hood for Mo Bamba, if the Nets are going to say something like add a second round pick to that deal, and the Bucks say no deal, and we keep Dante, like it's not a reason to freak out. I agree. Because yes, the Bucks do need another rim protector, but if they get Brooke Lopez back, which sounds like maybe early March, um, I'm still not seeing anything concrete about it, but mm-hmm. um, he's he's practicing. So, I mean, there's that he's out there working out with it. Um, it's, I don't know. It, the, it feels like the bucks haven't all hit their stride at the same time. Not everybody's in, in mid season form. Uh, yeah. I think that kind of, I think that kind of goes in with what Brad is saying. There's been a problem trying to fit all the guards in. Um, unfortunately, part of it too, is the bucks don't have a lot of bigs. So the bucks have to play a lot of guards. Nah. So there's a, there's a lot of weird lineups where it's like like George Hill, Dante, Pat, Middleton, and Giannis is the five that they're running with. Um, mm-hmm. The Bucks the Bucks whole roster is just guard heavy right now because they don't have bigs. They just don't. Um, they need Brooke Lopez back, and we didn't really have a backup center to begin with. Um, it's basically been Bobby Portis and Giannis True. playing center. I uh, had DeMarcus Cousins for a while, but looking at it, if I had to keep DeMarcus Cousins or Wesley Matthews, unfortunately I'm keeping Wesley Matthews, even though it takes away size for the Bucks because Wesley Matthews plays much better brand of defense. Um, True. And it's, it's been on display since then. Um, I would refer you to the Golden State game if you disagree with me. Um, but you know, that's where we're at, so – Anything else you want to well, say about the Bucks? I mean, any discussion we have next week is going to be heavily centered around trades. So, no, um, yeah, Noora has lost all his minutes, and we predicted that. Noora is still a he's still a project. Um, yep, he's a prospect. He, he'll 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 he can turn into a good player. I like Noora. He's got some game. He's he's definitely showing potential. But mm-hmm. I think you know I think he's playing like as much as he should, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't have anything to say. I'm I'm good with Nora continuing to tear up the the G League and um 
and summer league and preseason and you know showing out once in a while when he gets a chance, but he's not ready yeah. for 25 minutes a game. No, not yet. All right, all right. We're gonna bring Mike in and we're gonna switch to Badger basketball and we're gonna we're gonna run through the games quick and then we're gonna do a midseason progress Mikey. report. So we're gonna start Mikey. with the Badgers. What and up, dude? Game. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Get that Mobama going, like you said, four one. Hey, I don't want to say hey. the words because there's a lot of nutty words, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. would, I would welcome Mobama into Milwaukee. Dude, He's yeah, like if I, Mobama I gets Turner, traded here, but I mean Mobama would be a good consolation prize. If Mobama gets traded here, I will go live with my kids and dance to Mobama. Oh, All right, I, I hope we don't get him now. <laughs> I will do it. I'm all for it. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, you're the guest. I'll let you talk first. What did you see with this Badgers and Nebraska game? Uh, so, with the, well, for, first off, I yeah, mean, I'll do it. the first time I think we've chatted since, what, the Maui Invitational. So, yep. obviously, you know, a lot has happened since. Uh, you know, I think the only people that thought that the Badgers would be doing this well so far this year are the guys in the locker room and anybody – you know, close to them. So just want to point that out. Obviously having a good start to the year. Yeah, um, the progress report part of this is going to be fun after we talk about the game. So I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to that. I got my preview sitting here next to me so I can kind of look at that and be like, okay, yep, I was right about this and definitely wrong about the record at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah same I mean, here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in regards to Nebraska, I mean, one of the things that really stood out to me, I mean, if you just look at like a guy like Brad Davison, for some reason, he every time he plays Nebraska, there was some crazy. I forgot what the exact stat was, but he just shoots lights out playing at that place, and he, he did made it again. Threes in the game, yeah, school he record. did it again this time around. Um, so that was one of those games where, like, he obviously stepped up because you know Johnny Davis went scoreless that first half. So um, yeah. you know, it's this team's a little unorthodox, but it, if if at least one more guy can step up every single game we're going to be we're going to at least be there at the end of the game against playing against anybody and we'll, we'll obviously talk more about uh about that i got some good stuff for you mike when we get into that okay all right jake, jake um, said it was brilliant so not to not to get your hopes up or anything i liked it a lot i was like oh this I'm guy just destroyed that, my whole question yeah so Nebraska, <laughs> i mean not too much i mean that that program in my in my view is a complete mess which you know, when you're bringing in seven, eight, tra- like five, six different transfers every single year, you're not going to build any camaraderie with anybody. Um, yeah, you're playing for a guy for like Fred Hoiberg, but, um, you know, teams tend to do better when you're playing with each other collectively for, you know, more than one year with the exception with, you know, five, five-star freshmen that go to Kentucky or Duke. Well, this is freaking Nebraska, so that's not happening anytime <laughs> soon. So, um, True. yeah, Nebraska, I mean, I'm hoping we get a big win. We did. On to the next one, uh, first and foremost. So, I will tell you though, Bruce McGowns, the freshman that I yeah, told yeah. everybody about last week, that kid's going to be in the NBA. Yeah, he is. Yeah, six seven, sure. long. He's smooth. Like he's going to be. He, he's a good he player. He looked a little. He reminded me of Jason Tatum a little bit. I can see that. And he would. Yeah. And him and Johnny were going at it a little bit during this game. And yeah. Johnny was mad when he gave up the one layup. And I was like, man, that guy just loves competing. And that's what I love about Johnny Davis. Loves exactly. A lot, lot of uh, good Johnny Davis talk is going to be coming, coming here in this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try not to 
Make it, make it too suspect here. Yeah, Mike's that's okay, a that's okay. fan, but he's also an <laughs> Illinois fan. So we'll we'll get to Kofi Coburn. We're gonna, yeah. Uh, well, he's there. humongous. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with him? Oh, yeah, yeah there's. It's oh, yeah, yeah. He was unstoppable last night, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jake. What are you looking at with the Nebraska game besides Bruce McGowan's? Um. Well. I wanted to say that, you know, Brad Davison, you know, he broke the school record for most three, so that was cool. Yes, he he had a great yep. game. But the MVP of this game is easily Chucky Hepburn, uh, especially playing yeah. after what happened with his family. Uh, one yep. of his close friends. He, the kid's only 20 years old. Uh, got shot outside a bar uh, in Chucky's hometown. So for him to be able to play through that, he had a couple early threes. He had some steals at the end of the game that really kind of put this game away. Uh, Chucky Hepburn, man, that, that was a hell of a game in my opinion. It's never easy playing with a heavy heart, man. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that sports kind of just it, it brings out the best in people at times. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like tragedy strikes, and it's never it's never easy. But it was you know if you if Chuck you Hepburn had to pick a place to pay pick a place to play after something like this, you know he got his homecoming game. You know, yeah. without a doubt, his friend would have been there. That you know yep. had he not passed away, so. um like Chucky, Chucky Hepburn right away in the beginning of the game hit a deep three with the he shot did. clock expiring. Um, Nebraska got off to a hot start. Wisconsin kind of got off to a slow start, stayed close. Um, Johnny Davis did not score in the first half of this game. Yeah. Hit a layup uh, coming out right away, though. Nice. He had two right away. He had a layup, and then he got a, a spin Giannis style and threw down a dunk. That was nasty. Out of halftime. Yeah. That was nasty. I was like, whoa, 6'5 coming at you, baby. <laughs> um, top five in the Big Ten. I would say top he's top five in the country. Yeah, I'd say top five in the country. I'd say top two in the Big Ten, probably. There's there's levels to this, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'd see, yeah, I'd say top two in the Big Ten. Um Brad Davison, you mentioned already, came the all-time leader in threes. He passed Bronson Koenig. I saw a lot of people saying that, you know, Brad Davison had the extra year. He actually played in one fewer game than Bronson Koenig did to hit those three-pointers. Um, don't forget that Brad Davison had a March Madness tournament canceled, so that's, you know, a potential handful of games that he had that he missed out on there. So um, I do want to see – so. This, this game epitomized the the phrase basketball is a game of runs. Um, Badgers had a double-digit lead. Nebraska went on an 11-0 run um, before the the Badgers got two steals. So, and that's that's something I would say is a winning team attribute is weathering storms. So they did it in the Ohio State game, and they did it in this game was weathering storms, weathering runs by the other team and still winning those games. That's a... That's a winning team attribute. That's something we thought maybe they would struggle with because they're a young team besides Brad Davison. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weathered that storm in this game. And what I want to see is less switching when <laughs> Chris Vote is on the floor. Uh, it's really not a secret that he's big and slow. So I want to see less switching when he's on the floor just because it creates a lot of matchup problems. Um, and then one other thing I want to say as far as defense is concerned is the Badgers got to stop jumping at pump fakes. That's a lot of it. We saw um, Jake and I brought it up a lot last year with the Bucks, with mm-hmm. guys like Pat Connaughton and Dante, like, doing flybys. It just, yeah, Herzog. It, yeah. It, <laughs> it, <laughs> it creates basically a five-on-four half-court offense for the other team when you do that. 
I think it's just a lot of inexperience too. It's a, at some point as well with mm. a lot of young guys that we have on the team. Yeah. I think inexperience does factor into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just it's be a little more disciplined. Be corrected, uh, corrected, obviously, but and I'm sure you know Coach Guard and that whole staff is mm-hmm. on there. Their butt, yeah. their butts about it as well. So I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, the bump fake like fell for it numerous times mm-hmm. last night as well. Case case in point. So um, no, that was a good call out there. So three pointing will be three point shooting will be fun to talk about, and then it's going to be not fun to talk about. But this game is fun to talk about. The Badgers were ten for twenty two on threes. Chucky mm-hmm. Hepburn is three for five. Brad Davison five for eight. Um, picking up Johnny Davis, who kind of had a slow start. Obviously, didn't score in the first half. Still finished with thirteen and nine. Um, Tyler Wall added 10 rebounds. Um, said he wasn't 100% on his ankle, so he only scored the four points. But the Badgers out rebounded Nebraska 44 to 32. Oh, that's a butt whooping. That's a that's a big advantage yes. in rebounding. It's a butt whooping on the boards. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the last thing I want to throw out about this was Brad Davison plays so well against Nebraska that they boo him every time he catches the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he yeah. plays, if he plays so good against Nebraska, he plays real bad against Illinois. I got a stat for you, Mikey. I don't know if you've seen yeah. it. Yeah, well, I think I have an idea where it's going because I was kind of looking at his previous history against uh, uh, Illinois. It's so, not good. I mean, Nebraska. I mean, Jake already mentioned McGowan's. I mean, they had some other good guys like Walker, uh, Verge, Mayen. I think this Nebraska team will upset somebody at some point, but. It's not the Badgers, so they're you know they're in the Big Ten. They have to. They're not going to go winless in the Big Ten. Somebody's going to go. They'll beat somebody. Yeah, they'll they'll they got some players. They'll have one super hot shooting night, and then they'll they'll upset somebody. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about Badgers and Minnesota, Mikey. So I guess like the one thing that really stood out of out of this game was the pace of play. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you don't see many teams that well with this year. Being, you know, the exception, obviously. I, I was very, very surprised. And I guess I haven't seen Minnesota a lot this year, so um had to take that into account. But their pace of play was very, very, very similar to what like what bad the Badgers have done in year, years past. So that was the one thing, first off, that I think that really stood out because they don't they have a couple good players on that team on that team, but I think like this is a new coach, he new system for these guys too. I think he's just trying to get them all acquainted playing with each other. Cause there's a lot of transfers coming in as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, it was just really surprising because you, you were in the Patino era where it was the complete opposite of that for sure. Uh, probably top half in the, in the big 10 in terms of pace of play. And then you, this was a complete 180. Like we were playing faster than Minnesota, than the other team. And you just don't see that too often. Um, no, but you know that we had plenty of chances in my view to, you know, open the door, op- like kick the door wide open. I did not think it was a good game at all collectively. Thankfully, Brad we made were- a very good point on that in the comments, and I agree with it. I actually have it written down in my notes saying that Davis seemed to be forcing a lot of shots in the last two games, and yeah. and he definitely was in this game. So that's a, yeah. a good call out by Brad in the comments. Yeah, I was going to talk a lot about that in like the Illinois game last night. What I like about Johnny, I'll bring it up now right away. He's He's just so good. And the reason why he's going to stay like, you know, in the conversation for a player of the year is that, you know, when his jump shot doesn't go, go right. He still finds ways to be a huge, huge impact on the floor. 
whether that's getting to the free throw line, like like last night, you know, his jumper was not falling at all, but um, he's still finding ways to make plays, scoring. He rebounds like a big man. Yep. He's, he brought he's, it averaging, up, yep. he's averaging, I think it's got to be at least 10, 10 boards a game now, if not pretty darn close. So before the um, Illinois game, he was at like 7.4. So he's okay. Well, that average is going up. That's going he, up. Yeah. He's, he's at 8.3. Yeah. yeah. That, that could hit 10 by the, if it hit 10 by the end of the year, would not surprise me. You can probably chalk him up for sure, top three, then if he gets that 10 rebound average for sure. Yeah. That's what I mean. If he but keeps you know, grabbing 15 rebounds a game. <laughs> that yeah. Was, yeah, he did that. So the Minnesota game, he had 15 rebounds. That was his career high. And then the Illinois game, another 15. And I think that kind of like goes to the fact that we're also, we're just not a good shooting team. I'll be the first yeah. one at all. But you just got him just being aggressive as hell, getting these boards. And that's how that we're winning games at the end of the day, though, too. So you just got to appreciate, you know, his toughness. If he can't get it going shot wise, he's still going to give it, you know, work his tail off to get that board and get those second and third chances, which, you know, gotten have gotten us numerous wins throughout this season. This Minnesota game is a perfect example of that. Uh, This game was tied at 60 and with like 218 to play. Um, Chucky Hepburn got a steal late and then I didn't, I don't remember who shot the shot, but Johnny Davis grabbed an offensive rebound and he scored the last six points of this game. So he was, he was forcing some shots, but he, he came through when it mattered and and helped the Badgers get the win. And at the end of the day, that's, who's going to get the ball to Mm -hmm. win a game for us. Maybe a Brad Davison, but, um, you know, we're not even close to where we are today if it wasn't for Johnny Davis. So not even yeah. still his team. This you give you gotta give him the he's the best player on our team, plain and simple. Unless, you know, we got a nice post like post presence and you get a good look for Tyler Wall at the end of the game, I guess. That would be an exception too. But, Tyler Wall had a really nice all around game. He was showing off his scoring, his passing. Yeah. I mean, he, he basically something. he basically just like backs into the restricted circle and then scores. Like, <laughs> so he's one of the most unorthodox basketball players mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen. But he just makes it work. I guess is the mm-hmm. best way. Yeah. Best way to put it. I. Yeah. Yeah. He, like he combines good footwork. He combines good footwork with pump fakes and just really good angles. Like he's really good yeah. at keeping guys like on his one shoulder and then getting basically uncontested looks with his other hand. And and just like I said, using angles to basically get open shots. It's it's weird and like like you said, it's unorthodox and it's not yeah. it's not sexy. But I mean, you know, when he puts up ten points, ten rebounds, and four assists, yeah, like, I kind of like nice. in some ways, I kind of compare him to like an Ethan Happ, mm-hmm. like in a post like that. He doesn't do like the crazy, you know, up and unders or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when he you know gets in the post, he takes his time, takes his time, takes his time. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. He's gonna take all the time in the world as long as he can mm-hmm. get his shot. And he just, you know, just, you know, hook does like a hook shot or lobs it up there, and somehow it just goes in. Yep. And Ethan Hap was a poster child of that too. So there, I, there's a lot of similarities between those two guys. But um, yeah, going back to yeah, Johnny Davis. I mean, end of the day, this is his team. I think he's gonna lead us. Um, you're going to see it more and more throughout the stretch here, but other teams are obviously picking up on that now. Mm-hmm. I think you're starting to see that in the last, these last three games, I think, especially ever since he's, you know, lottery pick top 10, top five, whatever you want to say. 
um, you know, teams are definitely gunning for him, especially now. So yep. well, um, they're, they're being well, really physical with him. Yes. Man. He's yes, got to learn man. to play through the physicality and not get frustrated. And I think a little bit of that physicality kind of shook him. And that's mm-hmm. why he, he, I hate when he he's doing this, but he's kind of doing some flopping and he's, Last he's night just, he did. yeah, he did it. He did it multiple times, probably five times to be completely the honest three with you. is what i what i yeah and and the mid-range and he's just like flopping and he got called for an offensive foul actually and it's just like he just got to learn to play through that and take his time take a deep breath he doesn't have to score 37 like he did against purdue yeah. he can go out there and have have 18 be super efficient and he's it's scoring so efficiently that it gets other people open you know you you right. can affect the game in other ways you don't have to score 40 yeah. so He's a young kid. He's only a sophomore, man. This is really his first year being the man on the college level. So yeah. he's just got to slow down and take his time. Nothing, yeah. nothing more than that. Yeah. Minnesota is kind of a weird team. Uh, they started 10 and one and they're now 11 and six. So they started off real hot and they're one and five in their last six games. So um, Minnesota was desperate to get a win and it showed towards the end of this game. They kind of came back. Um, two guys, Willis and Battle, they were both hitting some real tough shots. Uh, hitting some contested threes, so give them a little bit of credit. Um, the game went back and forth. It got close, and the Badgers push it up, and then it got close again. Um, Chucky Hepburn hit a three after three consecutive six six consecutive missed three pointers, yeah. and then Chucky hit one. Um, Brad Davison made four of the Badgers' six three pointers that they made in this game, um, so he stayed hot. It uh, definitely cooled off for him after that, but stayed hot in the Minnesota game. Chucky Hepburn playing really well up again until the Minnesota or the Illinois game. But, um, you know, we can jump into the the Illinois game and uh, get that out of the way before we do the the progress report. Eek. (laughs) So my first thing that I have written down is the Badgers law of averages caught up to them on three point shooting. (laughs) Um, They had been shooting surprisingly well on three pointers and and it caught up to them in a big hurry. Uh, during the Illinois game, so I don't know what you guys want to, what you guys want to say about this one, but it was definitely ugly. Mike, you uh, go first. Yeah, for sure. So, what was it? Was it a o of o at halftime? I'm trying to think. Was it like o of fourteen or o of? I don't know. I think they. Some... I thought I saw one of. Well, this was early in the second half. We started o of thirteen. O of thirteen. They were one of sixteen at one point. So I look at that and we were down, what was it, four or six and a half? And I'm like, okay, how it cannot get much, it can't get any worse, like from three. Like, come on, like it could stay the same though. <laughs> somebody, you know. Um, you know, the fir- first half, I mean, what I did love, I'll, I'll I'll go with what I did love. Tyler Wall just play playing really, really well offensively. Um, he did. you know, he was the go-to guy in the in the first half here, and then JD got to the line a couple of times as well. Um, you know, going through those two guys, I was very, I'll, I'll go to the disappointments right away. This, this happened all game, but Brad, for the most part was non-existent. I was very upset with not seeing him being really much a part of the game. The only play that I remember really with him off the top of my head is when he gave up that three point play, uh, from the Illinois guy who hit the three pointer in the corner that basically put them up by 12 and, you know, nighty night, Wisconsin, yeah. Uh, that was one of my biggest disappointments last night. I had that a couple times last season where it felt like when he was shooting poorly, that he kind of checked out of the game. Um, yeah. He went through like a stretch of games where he was like that. And I, I called it out on the show 
And it was it was frustrating because Brad Davison, he's a strong defender. He can defend. He can rebound. He can affect the games in other ways. And I want to see him stay stay in the game when he's not shooting well. So I hope that he bounces back from this and, and doesn't continue to play this way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that was just a huge, huge call out. I mean, Johnny obviously was not hitting much at all last night either, but he was still finding ways to, like, be a huge impact. And, you know, even I was getting very, very frustrated when he was missing a bunch, but you just have to appreciate his aggressiveness. And he was still at least getting to the line, just trying to stay, keep his team in, in the game. So, I did appreciate that getting boards, you know, 15 rebounds again, 15 rebounds again. Exactly. And that's probably how we stayed in the game for as long as we did. He actually stole a couple away from Coburn. Yeah. With all those bricks that we put up too. That's (laughs) for as long as we did. um, All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. You guys ready? Go for it. Okay. First of all, what the hell? Okay. Just had to get that out. Um, we shot like horribly. We were three of 24 and threes. That is ass. I'm just going to say it. Ass. That is terrible. Okay. Now I'm going to focus on the bad shooting on Brad Davison. He uh. does not play good against Illinois. Going into this game. Okay. This was my stat of the week was Brad Davison. He was shooting 53%. You're not allowed to points. use this. You're not allowed to use this as a stat of the week for this week. I won't. I won't. This is terrible. <laughs> Last night he was 0 of 6. The game before that against Illinois, going back to last year, he was 0 of 3. And the game before that, he was 0 of 5. So the last three games against Illinois, he is 0 of 14 on three-pointers. Is that hardly in way, or is that just all at Illinois? That's just just, just against Illinois, the last last three games. He has not made a three-pointer against Illinois since January 8th of 2020. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, bro. That's bad. He's got his teams, yeah. He just doesn't play good against them, man. It's just one of those. It's just a matchup thing. He kills Nebraska. He doesn't play good against Illinois for some reason. I don't know what it is. But, you know, Kofi Coburn, he is a massive human being. And he threw down a couple dunks, and I was like, holy camole, how is that rim surviving? (laughs) So he should have had 50, I think, honestly. Oh, my God. He was just – dude, this, this, this is real. This is real. I'm watching this game last night, right? And I'm sitting on my couch. And we force him into that stupid midway, mid-range fadeaway, and he yeah. cashes it. And I'm just sitting there, and I get this feeling. I'm like, he's going to murder us. Not he's making night. that. It's over. He's it is over. Looking at the Big Ten and comparing Kofi Coburn, who I would say is the only other guy in the in the conversation with Johnny Davis as far as the Big Ten is concerned. Yeah. Um, comparing him to, say, an EJ Liddell, who can have these big scoring games, EJ Liddell will be undersized if he's going to play power forward or center at the next level. Kofi Coburn has an NBA ready body. That's something that a guy like a Luca Garza or even like Chet Holmgren, who is like really tall and long and crafty, but like, like he looks like bowl bowl a little bit as far as his body is concerned. Like Kofi Coburn is big, but he's also solid and he's not, you know, he's not Zion Williams looking like Cadillac from and one tour either. (laughs) So like, he looks Kofi like he ate the whole, a, the whole mix up, you know, menu at McDonald's now. <laughs> One of the so, worst notifications yeah. I got was when I heard Kofi Coburn was coming back this year. Not, yeah, not bro, please leave. Check me in the league. So yeah. he's, yeah, yeah, he's got leave. an NBA ready body and the, and the Badgers don't have a, a strong defender like that. The Badgers centers are, 
they're slow, just big body guys. I mean, um, Steven Tyler Crowell Wall, little. Tyler, yeah, Tyler Wall is a good defender, but he's six nine, and he, you know, he's not going to defend seven foot Kofi Coburn. Um, and, that, and that just goes back to the fact that I mean, <clears throat> to win four like games for Wisconsin, we have to hit our threes. Mm-hmm. We hit three more three pointers in this game. We're right in, and if not, we're damn near. You know what I said? You know what itself. I said to Jake? We did not have to make that many at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, the they pace. can maybe call an elbow or two every once in a while. Jesus Christ, well, that's dude! Don't, don't get me started on fouls. Like that was just annoying. Like the one where Chucky Hepburn got a foul for going for a fifty-fifty ball. Bro, that was like, ridiculous. Dude, in, I mean, Illinois, I'm good with a no call there, really. Yeah, Illinois was in bonus else, for man. almost 12 minutes. Yeah, that was crazy. That's man. disgusting. 12 That's minutes disgusting. of bonus. Um, That's even like the still, entire fourth quarter if you look at it. Yeah. There was a stretch from the 12 minute mark when they were in bonus to the five minute mark that only two possessions did not end in Illinois scoring or getting a foul call. That's bad. All of that considered. All of that considered, at one point, the Badgers were one of 16 on threes, and it was only an eight-point game. Yeah. They yep. lost this game by 13 points by missing 21 of 24 threes. Yeah. Um, so what I said to Jake after he said this might be one of the worst Badger games he's ever seen, and I said from the three-point shooting perspective, yes. But if you consider the pace of play that the Badgers are playing with this season, this is a 13-point loss. The old pace of play, the Badgers lose this game by 25-plus. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, what? yeah, whatever the final stat was from three. We, we've had those games, though, last year and even the year before before that as well. So I'm not entirely – was I disappointed? Obviously, yes. But I'm not entirely shocked that this happened either. I said, you know, we had, we've had, we had this conversation last time I think I was on here or the time before that our shooting was going to be an issue this mm-hmm. year. It really, has caught, more. it really has caught up to us. So, I mean, we're going to have to win some of these games by still scrapping away, like what Johnny mm-hmm. Davis is doing to get those second and third opportunities. And hopefully, you know, three or four or more of those go in next time and we win the game. I mm-hmm. completely think we can be Illinois. Like, we mm-hmm. can be any team in the Big Ten, in, in my view. This is just one of those off-shooting nights at a, at a very hostile, you know, Illinois, tough place to play. Illinois, yeah, that's a very to tough place to play. Um, you know, all those students are on the sideline, which I wish the Cole Center would do. That's another topic for another uh, <laughs> another topic for another discussion at another point in time. But um, no, that's a hostile place to play at, and they were definitely loud. So um, the Badgers kind of played their game a little bit. They kept the turnovers low. They made their free throws. Um, it's just the the three pointing. It was. It's just bad. I mean. You, you add four threes and you shoot seven for 24 and you shoot like 30%. Yeah. And it's a one point game. You make I'll, five you, more threes and you win. Yeah. It's, I'll call it one more thing too. I mean, we were getting down by, you know, more eight to 10 to 12 points, but we really got away from Tyler wall in the second half as well. He was hell. He was having a hell of a first half. I think he had like 10 or 12 points. You know, he was getting, he was getting his touches. He was like putting the ball in the one thing, the big call out, we got away from him in the second half and um, quite a bit, and that was our go-to. So, um, right, and then once once Kofi Colburn yeah. knew that the Badgers bigs were in foul trouble and they kind of had to play on their heels, it was over. Yeah, it was a wrap. We're gonna have wrap. to visit the old transfer portal for for the next two or three years to bring to keep bringing in big men because um, 
with Chris Volk being even gone after this year, that's yeah. right there. Yeah. That's a hole that we have to fill. So, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think Carl has improved over he's, the course he's of the season. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's getting better, too. but he'll be, he'll be around, but Absolutely. he's just, a, he's just a little light in the rear end as they like to say, man. And he, Correct. it showed last night. Yeah, there, there's, did. there's not many, there's not another Kofi in the, yeah. in the country. There's only one of him. So he's only going to have to play one guy that outweighs him by 60 pounds and can basically bench press him <laughs> with his pinky, you know? Kofi Coburn's a, a, an animal. He's a big man. It, it's it's incredible that he can move as fast as he does, man. I'm watching that guy, and I'm like – and he was staring at the Badgers during the shoot-around. So he came in focused, man. That man yeah. was ready to play last night. I mean, yeah, that was for first place in the Big Ten, man. And, you know, he got the big game crowd behind you. Like, that's a game that you got to win, you know, and mm-hmm. – they didn't just be they beat us pretty pretty handily, but you know, this was a beatable game. I'll go back and you know say that, you know, for days to come yet. I would love to play these guys on a neutral floor and see what happens personally, because I guarantee you we don't go two of twenty-four or three of twenty-four again against them. And I think maybe Gardel this time around may have a little bit of a better plan and with you know with Kofi because but right. well, that's maybe enough. trying to get him in some foul trouble early. Well, similar to yeah. the way that he got the Badgers in foul trouble. You know, the yeah. one three pointer that really hurt my that really hurt me was the Brad Davison one wide open at at the end of the first half. I was like, oh my god, if he makes that, think about how much more momentum we have going into half. Yep. Also, you're thinking like, man, we only made we made one really significant three, and we're only down by you know three points or whatever. I mean, it just would have changed the entire game. But completely, like that was that was a. And it was, bro, he, man, it was, it was in rhythm. Gift. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, he's got to make that. Oh, it was sucks. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it is what it is. All right. You guys ready to get into some midseason progress report for the Badgers? We have six points of, of discussion here. We got five questions. And then the last thing we're going to do is three goals for the rest of the season. So the first question, this was posed by Jake, and it's a good question, is can the Badgers keep winning big-time games without consistent bench scoring? So, Jake, it's your question. I'll let you kick it off. You can kind of give your answer and your thoughts behind the question. It's a pretty obvious thing, but um, you know, I'll let you add into it. Okay, so when I was thinking about this, uh, I've been on the bench scoring for a long time because the Badgers can't shoot. And, you know, when Mikey came on and said that at the beginning of the season, I really, really focused on the shooting. And I was like, man, we're going to struggle. So we're going to need we're going to need some extra oomph every once in a while from from the bench. And that's usually what these kind of teams need. So the one person I was really looking forward to that could really do that is Bowman. He looks like a scorer. He he can dribble, get to the rim. He could get his shot whenever he wants, really. I've seen him make dribble pull up mid rangers. I've seen him make three pointers. He's a guy that I think needs to be more aggressive. So my answer to this is I don't think they can keep winning big time games without a little bit of bench scoring. Take, you know, we are so guard centric because we rely on Brad Davison and Johnny Davis so much. Right. So if we can have another guard that can give them a breather from time to time or even combo like, okay, Brad Davis is having a bad game against Illinois. Let's bring Bowman in because we could trust him. He could pull up and hit some threes for us. He can play defense. It would just be nice to have a third guard in the rotation, I guess, you know, to help take that pressure off those two. So they didn't feel like. Like, I don't want Johnny Davis to feel like he has to go for 37, you know? Like, that's yeah. just not a good feeling. Does he have the capability? Yeah, but I think that Bowman or, or Voight or, or, you know, Jacoby Neath has really, really been a big letdown to me personally. I thought he was going to be a lot better for us. You know, he's experienced. He played in the ACC. I mean, he's coming from a big conference. He's not a guy coming from Western, you know, Kentucky or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's coming from a Wake Forest. I mean, that's a big-time school. 
They play Duke. They play North Carolina. He's played in some big games. So, I don't know. I think, I mean, and Gilmore is not the answer. So, he Dude, needs not I would much rather see Carlson than Gilmore. Carlson like some nice scoring when Tyler Wall wasn't 100%. So, um, I'm actually going to yeah. talk. I'm going to talk about those two in the, in the last question. So, so <laughs> I do have a bonus question for you guys, by the way. I didn't tell you guys because I wanted your live reaction. But I'm going to let Mikey answer my question. What do you think? Okay. So, I mean, you, you kind of hit it on the head. So, as games go on throughout, you know, the Big Ten, you know, what is it known for? Like the most brutal conference, you know, known to man throughout the whole country. So, Barn ball. we're not going to – we're not going to be able to get away with, you know, our five starters scoring all the points. You know, that's gone. That's maybe if we play Nebraska one more time this year, which I think we do, maybe we beat yep. them on senior night. I think it's the last game of the year. Maybe we beat them. But, um, you know, what Jake was talking about with Lauren Bowman, he was actually the one guy last night that I was, you know, pretty happy with because he not only did he make the first three-pointer of the game, but he was also, you know, the most aggressive, you know, trying to score when he got his touches. So, um, mm-hmm. I think Bowman, he's not exactly going to be, you know, obviously the leading scorer or anything. I think if you, if we're going to give him like a year or two when he gets in the weight room a little bit more, because the problem I do have with him is he is a little undersized with the guards that he does, you know, when he's who he, where he's guarding out there, he's a little undersized in comparison to everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. so he tends to get bullied around a little bit in that regard, but he was the one who brought us a spark last night. And I would almost argue like, if you were to, you know, out of all the guys on the team, if, you know, you had like a three-point contest right now, I guarantee you he's finishing, you know, maybe, you know, one, two, three, three at best. I think he's got a hell of a three-point shot. Like his form, smooth as hell, you know. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing him progress more for sure on the bench, but we're not going to be able to win too many games for sure. And, you know, it's funny you just brought up uh, Carter Gilmore. So I think – I think – Coach Guard is officially passing the torch now for whatever reason, why it took this long. I don't know, but Ben Carlson, you have been seeing more playing time with him and you will be seeing that for the rest of the year. I'm about mm-hmm. 98% sure if yep. he stays healthy. Um, he's not playing well right now by any means, but I think I still have hope for that guy. I've really, he, sh- he really showed feel- some flashes. Yes. He's shown flashes. I mean, he started what I think that was a Michigan state game. Yep. Um, didn't do too much, exactly, but he has, yeah. He's shown flashes. He's being aggressive down low. He's getting boards from time to time. I think we just need to give him a little bit. I don't know if he's why it took this long for him to start playing more over um, Carter Gilmore. No offense to him, but th- like Carlson is just way more athletic. He's a better fit. Yeah. Gilmore I, looks lost, honestly. Yeah. So on both ends of the floor. So I'm looking in forward, the <laughs> Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Ben Carlson taking a huge step. on the bench we need him to do that if we're gonna go anywhere this year um bowman as well collectively we're gonna be in a nine-man deep team and if you want to add jordan davis as your 10th whatever that's fine maybe you can come in and hit like you know the casual three-point shot for us but it's really going to be bowman neath vote and uh carlson carlson that's what it's going to be unless somebody's in deep foul trouble i just don't foresee or if there's just a certain matchup that the staff loves, I just don't see Jordan Davis getting many minutes this year. It's mm-hmm. going to be that nine man rotation. Um, and then Chris, Chris vote is going to be, you know, Chris vote, you know, he's not a score. He'll go in there, get you four or five fouls and take some space, take some space. 
he like, is a 90s big man if I've ever seen one. To yeah, be and you real know what? And credit to him, he's helped us in a lot of games this year. Honestly, he really has. He has. He stepped up quite a bit. Purdue, prime example for it. That mm-hmm. I, I wish we could have talked more about that Purdue game like that, like right after that was over, because how we stuck in that game the whole second half with those guys in foul trouble, but somehow they were able to not pick up that fifth foul, you know, to just hit, to hang on by a thread. But um, no, I mean Chris Johnny Wallace, Davis, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was the best player in the country that night. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And you know, so case in point. We're going to need at least probably two, like Lauren Bowman, I think is good. You know, hopefully he can build off of this last game against Illinois. Chris Vogt's going to Chris Vogt. Jacoby Neath, like you said, big disappointment. He has been hurt quite a bit. He has been out a few games here and there. So maybe he's just doesn't have like the rhythm down. Maybe he's not a hundred percent looking forward to him to making a big step as well. But um, I think the biggest jump that we need from the bench has got to be Ben Carlson. He's the first guy that's been off the bench now. I think guard definitely sees something in him. I want to see something in him. He was a big recruit coming in from, from high school. So I'm still looking forward to him taking the next step. When that right. may be, I'm not sure yet. So I took a, a little bit of a different approach. Now, Mike, you'll have to let me know if you like the way that I broke this down as much as Jake did. But um, I said yes, that the Badgers can continue winning without bench scoring. But this is a big but. Guys have to continue picking each other up. Now, the way I broke this down is I'm looking at two tiers of duos. So my top tier of duos is Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. And my tier two of duos is Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall. Now, looking at it, whatever else you get from anybody else is just bonus based on the way that I'm looking at this. And if somebody from tier one, so Davis or Davison, if one of them struggles and both tier two guys give you you know a boost or even you know just their normal eight to ten points um you know you can still win games that way with davis or davison struggling if davis and davison struggle the illinois game for example and you don't get above average games from hepburn and tyler wall which is what happened with illinois mike you mentioned not going to tyler wall as much in the second half and Chucky Hepburn, just not a good shooting night. There's your Illinois loss. So you kind of see the blueprint that I'm going with here, that if Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall can both play above average play and either Davis or Davison gives you a normal night or an above average night, yes, I think the Badgers can continue winning big games without a ton of bench scoring. And, you know, it's you're really having to ask for – the best play that you can get out of your best players. But I think that's what's carried the Badgers so far this season. And I, I don't think either of you would disagree with me on that, that the the strength of the Badgers has been their starting lineup. It's been the top oh, four yeah. guys. hundred oh, percent. And, you know, they've come this far, whereas, you know, my preseason prediction was 19 and 12 and the Badgers are already at what? 17 wins. Yeah. Yeah. I had 20. <laughs> I was like 20 so, and 11. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they've they've done it on the strength of their top four guys. We, you know, we all called Chucky Hepburn with the starting point guard role. And, you know, we're definitely very excited to see that. And he's it seems like he's starting to gain confidence and a little bit more of a a killer instinct and not so much a, you know, a freshman just trying to get a feel for things. But, um, you know, that's the way that I'm looking at it. If if both Davison and Davis struggle, 
then you need above average nights from Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn um, to stay competitive. But even if one of those guys struggles and Hepburn and Tyler Wall do their thing, I think the Badgers can still win games as they have done so far this season. I like that. That's a good way to put it, honestly. I mean, that's what not yet the starting five is what nine, probably 90% of our scoring, not more, something along those lines. So, no, I actually, that's a really, really good breakdown. I really, really like that. Oh, Brad just threw out a, just threw out a tidbit that said Middleton made the all star team. Oh, if, really? if that happened, I'm going to have to go puff my chest in some Facebook groups after we're done with the show. <laughs> I can't All believe right. Drew Holiday's not going to make it, man. That guy's Dude, Drew, And you know why I think it is? Because he missed time in December and January. Yeah, it sucks, but he was balling, dude. Right before he got hurt, he was, and, he was hooping. Dude, <laughs> um, people didn't like it when I said this, but Chris Middleton had better statistics in January than Andrew Wiggins, who was starting for the West. Yeah. I, I mean, I told people that, but, you know, whatever. People are to cry. Dude, Andrew Wiggins is starting over Devin Booker. That's crazy. Oh, here oh, you go. I got it. That's like the yeah. pot. Oh! oh, dang it. That's so frustrating to I hear. thought. Oh, I thought for a second Drew Hot, I made it too, but somebody was asking and they got to eliminate it. Dang it. All right. Let's see. Live on Twitter. Okay. So, yeah, Middleton did make it. And Lamelo Ball and Fred Van Vliet made it. That's Fred Van Vliet over. Oh, I'm pissed now. I'm pissed That's over Drew. Like. Come on, man. Come on, man. Just because they wanted a Toronto Raptor on there. That's some BS. That is some BS. Yep. I'm, I'm actually upset. Darius Garland and James Howard, James Harden for guards, and then it's Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Jared Allen. Zach Levine and Fred Van Vliet. That is garbage. Yuck. That is garbage. <laughs> That's garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Well, I mean, Middleton made it, so good for him. Um, I told people he was he was really well in January. Um, Isaac's bringing up a trade question. Um, we talked about it during the Bucks things that we're looking at, like Mo Bamba, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel type guys. So those are going to be guys to keep an eye on so um yeah i know it looks sick i saw that today isaac the new mvp kobe bryant trophy it looks sick it's huge all right (laughs) so question number two who is the biggest threat that the badgers will face in a run to a big 10 title mike do you want me to take it okay it's without a doubt purdue or illinois uh strictly because of the size factor. I expected a team like Michigan, for example, to t- to be at the top this year because of Hunter Dickinson. Cause, and whenever we play him, he's probably going to drop 30 on us as well. But, you know, our kryptonite clearly is our size down low. You know, defensively, we will get, um, you know, beat like a pulp when we play Purdue and Illinois once and if we, you know, play them twice this year. Well, we got, we Illinois, got. I think we're done but I would love to play them in the Big Ten tournament again. We only uh, play Illinois once, but we play Indiana again in Indiana, and they're really good at home. We yeah. play Michigan at our place on the 20th. We got to play Michigan we have, State again next week. We got Michigan State yeah, coming up Michigan again. State. And yeah. then we got Purdue uh, March 1st. Okay, That's going to be a big game. That is a, a Tuesday night game, so that'll be, a, that'll be on ESPN, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, I just think collectively, like, it's going to be Illinois or Purdue. Personally, I think either one of those teams could make a Final Four this year. Um, 
Michigan State, I'm a little hesitant on putting them like in like a Final Four conversation. But you know, Tom, you know, once I start second guessing um, with, um, you know, with Tom Izzo, I'm typically wrong. And then they go and make a Final Four out of nowhere. So I will still say Purdue or Illinois. I would love to see, you know, Illinois keep playing together at full strength, which they're pretty deadly when they are. When they, Cabello's when they a good play player, man. Um, Cabello is a good player. I like and him. then you go over to Purdue, and it's just, re, you know, just from top to bottom. I thought Purdue, you know, going into this year, like, was top three for sure. I still think they can be. They got the shooting guard. They got the shooting guard. They got the point guard. They got the bigs, obviously. Edie, we were talking about bench play before, right? Who's the first guy off the bench for him? Zach freaking Edie. He can get you. 20 in a game if he needs freaking great wall of china's coming off the bench gigantic (laughs) i'm still trying like the fact that we won that game at purdue man like that's i'm still trying to massive massive process that which is why i don't mind this illinois loss last night personally so uh, that's how i felt about the first michigan state loss too that purdue one makes up for so much that could happen like throughout this year in my view because we've only beat them five times at their place so that's um, insane Purdue has three losses and they're all in the Big Ten. Yeah. So they're all conference losses. Dude, the Big Ten, the top six in the Big Ten are some dogs, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I was just looking at it today and I'm like, okay, I see seven teams right here that will most likely make the tournament. No questions asked. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you said six. Yeah. I said six or seven. So I mean, that the, totally makes sense. But I think, I just think from a match, it just strictly, if we're going off of matchups, Illinois or Purdue, neck and neck for, for me with who the biggest threat is. So I went with Illinois strictly because I believe that Kofi Coburn presents the biggest matchup problems of any other player in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I think Johnny Davis can go toe-to-toe with Jaden Ivey from Iowa, who's, who's a really good scorer from Purdue. Keegan Murray is on Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he can score, but he's not – you know, Iowa's not a, a good three-point shooting team, um, and they're not a good rebounding team. And then – you know, looking at it, uh, Michigan State did beat the Badgers, but the Badgers played without Tyler Wall that game. So I think I think when the Badgers play Michigan State again next week, um, I think that makes a big difference having Tyler Wall in that game defensively, not just offensively. Um, right. So for me, it's it's still Illinois based on Kofi Coburn, I believe, in presenting the biggest matchup issue. All right. Well, you guys both went against me, but I don't go against Tom Izzo. I've learned my lesson. Uh, my entire childhood, Tom Izzo is still, in my opinion, the best coach. And in college, coaching is very important. Uh, Michigan State doesn't have uh, a, one of the top players in this conference, but what they do have is a lot of really, really good players. They have, two players, on their, yeah. they have two players on their team averaging five assists. Two guards averaging five assists. They only have a couple people averaging three, I think, three or four. I think they have, think they have five guys averaging double figures in scoring. Yeah, they they yeah. just they're just they're incredibly ran. They're they're always athletic. They always get athletes. Like they're just Michigan State is just that team. And when we play them, it's going to be a massive game. And this one's going to be in Michigan State. So that you want to talk about a tough place to play. Yeah, uh, Michigan State is probably one of the top ones in the country. I mean, they got the Izone. I mean, come on, the, the, the student section is named after you. That's how you know you're that damn good. So I still have <laughs> Michigan State since they won the first matchup with us, and we got to play. We have to play them twice. We're like, Illinois, we only played once and then we lost, but Illinois has a bunch of tough games. We play Purdue again, so this one will be at our house. 
So that's why I mean, you know it's Ohio State. So I mean Ohio State. Yeah, and the Badgers beat them at their up, own game. So it was kind of Michigan State, and if Michigan State beats us two times, that's gonna you know and we end with four losses. They end with four losses in the conference. That's gonna be the tiebreaker. So that's kind of why I was thinking Michigan State. Yeah, it's hey, a good Mike, call. There's not much of an argument. Argument yeah, there. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Mike, if you want to start watching the NBA again, you feel free to come and ask us questions if you want to watch the Bucks again. Um, I am looking forward to posting the Middleton All Star thing all over the place and and running around like a like a streaker and making people. It's mad too bad we didn't get the Caleb Williams thing, man. <sighs> I know, dude. I've never that... seen. Oh. I've never seen so many fake Twitter accounts in my life, man. Oh my oh, god, bro! Going crazy. They were going I... crazy. Oh, I proposed that on January 3rd, like two weeks before it was even like rumored that there was interest. I'm like, if this happens, like I am throwing a damn parade yeah. if this happens. <laughs> like I will yeah. I will call the city council and be like, hey, we need to have a parade. Like I called this before anybody else did. And right. oh, it was it was so close. We were like one of three. It was so close. Hopefully but, it lights a fire under Mertz. That's, that's season, what I'm man. hoping would happens. Um We'll see what that. We'll do a, a Badgers primer probably in late July or early August. But um, next up. question that we wanted to throw Mikey, out there. you got to be on. You're the Badgers guy yeah, now. So. Guy, yeah. yeah, you're the Badger guy now. <laughs> um, next question is the most – who's the most surprising player on the Badgers this season? Um, I'm going to start just because I think my answer isn't going to be what your guys' answer is. And for me, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give Brad Davison credit. Um you know, we were talking about it. The Illinois game was really the first one where it looked like he was kind of mentally checked out. And I definitely called him out for that at times last season where he wasn't shooting well and he checked out of games. He stopped going for 50-50 balls and he wasn't rebounding. But I've been really impressed with his consistency this season. He went from 10 points a game to 15.7 points a game. And he's raised his field goal percentage by almost 7% from last year to this year. Um so I'm just I'm happy to see him shooting well and staying consistent with shooting well and not having as many, you know, three for 10, four for 11 games, um, even though, you know, the Illinois kind of the Illinois game kind of leaves a sour taste. But before that, the Minnesota and the Nebraska games, he was lights out um, and it seems like he's scoring scoring a lot more consistently. So I want to give Brad Davison some credit as my as my most surprising player. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So I could obviously, I could go on here and say Johnny Davis. I mean, performance wise, again, going back to earlier when I had jumped on here, no one thought, you know, his Badgers team was going to be this good this year. And I guarantee you nobody, not nobody, maybe a handful of people thought Johnny Davis currently is like top three national play of the year conversation. That's I the next no question. That was going to happen. <laughs> I thought after the Maui Invitational, he's playing well. I'm like, I didn't want to say we lit, we pulled it out of our ass, but you know, pr- pretty pretty close with getting those wins and with Johnny leading the way, Tyler Wallace guys. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to say Johnny Davis for this. I'm going to say Chucky Hepburn. So I you was know, looking through some stats. So through 20 games, like overall, he's plus 94 with, in minute with you know minute the minute ratio, which is pretty damn good. True freshman point guard. Um, just the way that you know. He doesn't necessarily light up the stat sheet, right? But he carries himself in a manner where he doesn't play like a freshman. And this is most of the time. Does he make freshman mistakes? Yes. But I'm I'm definitely gotten to the point where I feel comfortable when he's on the floor, you know, offensively, defensively. He tends to make at least the right play 
He doesn't turn over the ball much at all. He's, you know, he's making a lot of good plays. He's making the right reads. Um, and for a true freshman to do something like that, that is, in my view, especially in the Big Ten, especially with for a program for Wisconsin, who's not known for starting true freshmen, you know, guards, forwards. Right? Kevin Harris was the last one. Yeah. Yep. Sam Decker didn't even start games as a freshman. So, I mean, I'm going to go Chuck, Chucky Hepburn for this. He just conducts himself in a professional way out there, too. You're not going to see him, like, you know, go and get teed up or anything. He's just really calm, cool, collected. That's what I love about him. And just plays D. He'll guard some of the best guys uh, on the opposing team as well. He just gets up in your grill. He's going to be a great four-year player for us. I am love having Chucky on my team. Okay, I love the answer of Chucky Hepburn. He was he was an easy candidate for this question, but I figured somebody else was going to have him. So I, I love the answer of Chucky Hepburn. Jake, who do you got? Yeah, there's going to be two people that say Chucky Hepburn, and for <laughs> almost the same reasons, man. I mean, he's just a bulldog. Um, I love a guy that just goes out there and just does his job. He goes out there, he plays defense. Uh, he's a bulldog, man. He's a strong kid for being a freshman. Once he once he figures out uh, how to get to the rim a little bit better and get a couple more easy shots, then you know he's made some deep threes now. So once mm-hmm. he figures out how to get to the rim and he's a decent free throw shooter, you know you're he's not going to want to foul. Too. He can throw down. He can get up. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that I really love is you know Mikey kind of stole some of my answer. He doesn't turn not the bad. ball over. He he forces turnovers. And he just he's a he's a good willing passer, and those are, those are three qualities that I love in my basketball players. If I was building a basketball player, defense, willing passer, you know, and, and just a team player. He's he's team oriented, and I just love Chucky Hepburn. I, I agree, he's going to be a great four year player for us, man. He's going to be all, excited. He'll be all Big Ten defensive team by next year, if not. This yep. year. No, sure. and there's sure. there's no question about it. he's going to be. That's not a question. That's a fact. <laughs> so Johnny Davis almost made that list for me as my most surprising Badger just on his three-point shooting because he's really impressed me with his three-point shooting. But um, he's a, he's an obvious answer. So not, you know, he's the most valuable but not the most surprising. But that being said, uh, Jake, we'll let you go first on this one. Do you think Johnny Davis wins player of the year? Yes. He leads the Badgers in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. The only thing he doesn't lead us in is blocks. Yep. I mean, he's on one. He's he's on a team that was picked to finish tenth in their conference. We're fighting for the Big Ten title, one of the best conferences in the country. We I won the Maui Invitation. I mean, we we beat good teams. I mean, we beat a Houston who's on fire right now. So that win looks massive right now. Uh, we beat Purdue at Purdue, all on Johnny Davis's shoulders. I mean, thirty-seven on the road. The guy was just <laughs> and not a human for a couple of minutes there. So I would say right now he's in the lead. I'm not going to say that – I'm not going to guarantee that he's going to win it or anything like that because I'm not going to put myself out there. But right now, if I was voting, I would put him number one. Mike, what do you think? So just curious here, are we going national player of the year or is this like big – are we just talking like big 10? I would say national player of the year. I'll I'll be completely honest. Whoever wins the the big 10 player of the year will probably win the national Probably win, yeah. (laughs) That's a good, yeah. They're probably going to be hand in hand. Most of the most of the player of the years, I've, uh, all the lists I've looked at, they're flooded with Big Ten players. Man, yeah. Keegan Murray, EJ Liddell, Kofi Coburn, like, like, dude, it's just flooded with Big Ten players. So if you win Big Ten player of the year, you're probably winning the national. Let's just yeah. be honest. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, I mean, 
the way that he conducts himself, like especially these last three games, I, I was really critical about that because when he you know scores zero points in the first half against Nebraska, he's yeah. shooting off. Like his shooting hasn't been the greatest lately in these last couple of games. He just continues to find ways to score, whether like he he gets I think like his instincts like tell him like okay I gotta find other ways to if my shot's not dropping I'm finding ways to score I'm finding ways to get to the free throw line finding ways to get involved like some other ways too and it's just you know like I said by the end of this year if he's aver- if that average with the rebounds gets to ten I don't I don't see how <laughs> I got them not give it guys. to him if especially if he gets that average to like ten or darn near close to that I mean he's taken this team so like so far already. I mean, if we're talking about strictly an NCAA tournament berth, well, you win three more games here and we get an automatic bid no matter what. So, um, you know, coming what Jake was saying, 10th from the big 10 to what it is now. I mean, you just go from like start to finish with all the young guys we have on the team, Brad Davison being the one exception. I mean, it's incredible how well he's been playing this year and um, our record shows for it so if we keep this up as a team like they're and we're fighting for the big 10 you know as long as we're competitive in that field i don't see why he can't be player of the year mike you want to hear something crazy one second all right go ahead i sent this to tyler this was uh pre-illinois game just so you know um they came out with a bracket i forgot who it was um but they predicted that the badgers were going to be a one seed I did see that. Was that CBS Sports? I forget. I yeah, I don't I don't want to like misquote, but I sent it to Tyler and I was like, "Whoa, one seed." I was I expecting like a that. three seed. <laughs> I'm thinking two seed, but I was thinking we'll three myself um, with where we're at right now. But Jake, I did see, <clears throat> I did see that. And it was it was I'm a whoa right moment, but we got to take care of business for first. Uh, I agree. Quite a bit down the road. All right. So, you, all right, you guys ready for this? I'm gonna say yes. Fox College hoops. Listen to this. So the Badgers have played five ranked opponents. They played Ohio State twice, Purdue, Illinois, and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. In those five games, Johnny Davis averages 24.4 points, yep. 10 rebounds, and 2.8 assists. He leads the nation in most points per game against ranked opponents. He's he number one. A, he steps up like a boss against ranked opponents. Number one. 24, 10, and 3. That he is a he he kind of reminds me of Dwayne Wade in the way where he's six five, right? And Dwayne Wade was six four, but when Dwayne Wade was on the floor, it felt like he was six nine. Yeah, that's how I feel about Davis. Davis he, plays yeah. bigger than he is. He plays yeah. that hard defense. He too. can sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is, is that the stat of the week? That should be the stat. That might be a stat of the week. I think it should be. I, I know you guys had a shot at you. Had hour of content prior to us, but I, I feel like you like that is just too good. That's that's a good stat. 24, 10, and three against ranked opponents. That's that's a big deal, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I could go back and throw Houston in there during the Maui Invitational. I think they were like twelfth in the country too. They were. They were twelfth. Davis was balling that game too. Tyler Wall was so, balling that game. Yeah, Tyler Wall was balling that whole tournament. That was the Tyler Wall game. The coming out Tyler Wall party for this. Yeah. Season. Yeah, I agree. All right. So moving from player of the year to coach of the year, uh, do you guys think that Greg Gard deserves some coach of the year considerations? I'll make this real simple. Yes. All <laughs> um, right, Jake. <laughs> tenth in the Big Ten to where we are now. 
no there's one a else lot of, there's a lot of context this position. there's you know the, the style of play has changed he's mm-hmm. accepted that okay mm-hmm. i'm sure he's letting a lot of stuff go whether that's in practice during the game he knows who he has he knows he's mm-hmm. got an nba draft pick with him he's yep. letting him go i mean this offense we're, I think we talked about it last time I, I was on here too. The style of play, yes, is it the swing in some cases? Yes, it is. But a lot it's of dribble no handoff. Open. We're so. getting we're getting more quality shots. Again, we're not the best shooting team, but the quality is just way way better in terms of shot selection. We got all the open looks we wanted last night. Make it make no mistake about it. It wasn't not, not much of it was forced. Maybe there's one or two times when Davis tried to fake an Illinois defender out, got him in the like when he was jumping and tried to make something happen off of that. But um, our shot selection has been, I can't stress this enough, 100 times better in comparison to the last one to two years where we just rely on the screen up top and we try to pick and pop. And, you know, Trice was chucking up a a three-pointer two feet behind the three-point line. Not taking away anything away from him, but the point being is just the offense has just been more open guard has let that go which is perfect because you know these guys want to run too at the same time so um just making those kinds of adjustments he's definitely considered in my view we'll see how we end up at the big like in the big 10 race at the end of the year but there's without a doubt he should be like in the conversation Mm -hmm. as of right now jake how do you feel about Greg guard first of all i'm gonna answer brad who keeps putting the pace of 191 in division one do you understand that for like 25 years we were ranked like 350th in pace? Yeah. It was bad. Like Correct. I could have yeah. I could have made my entire dinner, ate my dinner, did the dishes and the Badgers would be starting the second half of the game. That is how slow we used to play. I mean, we're playing at a much faster pace. We used to score like in the like the low 50s. Dude, I remember 40s. we used to win games like like 52 to 46. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm surprised I didn't fall asleep watching that shit. You can, I'm you gonna... can look this up, too, and I'm pretty sure this pace this year is actually, you know, quicker than the 2015 team. I'm still – I'm pretty sure. If not, I'm pretty sure. So, just saying, okay. this is the faster pace than what – We'll double, we'll double check you. To. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I don't – I still think it's a fast – it's – the pace is – a tad bit faster, but right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Feel free. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm gonna add a next level to this great guard thing because this is the first thing that popped in my head when I thought of this question. Ooh, I got more. I got more than yeah. I bet you do. Think too. of the shit that happened in the off season. Yes. Now add that in to everything that was that was coming into the season. We're losing all these seniors. We're picked tenth preseason. You know the Big Ten's reloading. We got all these great players all over this conference. And he's got us right in the thick of it. He's he, him and his staff have turned Johnny Davis from a guy with potential to a guy with top five potential. Right now, if you look up a, a NBA draft, he's picked fifth to the Kings. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin is going fifth. That is insanity to me. I never thought I would see somebody pick that high from Wisconsin. And uh, Decker Sam Decker went nine and fifteen. Yep. Yeah, that that was crazy. And 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 Kaminsky was player of the year. Yeah. Yes, he was. So and he he went ninth. I mean, Johnny Davis is just a whole nother animal. So Greg Gar getting Johnny Davis ready, you know, all the stuff that happened in the offseason with you know Alondo Tucker, who I used to love, coming at him for his job. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many levels to this for him to just stay focused and keep us winning games is just that says everything about guard. 
I'll say that. People need to chill out. It's just like Bud on the Bucks, right? Everybody was going for Bud for his job, coming at him, coming at him, coming at him. He wins a goddamn title. People are still coming at this guy. I don't. Yep. What do you guys want? What do you want? What do you want? You want us to score 150 every game? It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. 80, 82 and all. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, it's not going to happen. And let's not forget, too, not even just like this past offseason, but even the, during the season prior when you got the Cole Kobe King, you know, stuff yeah. going in the middle yeah. of the season, keeping that ship together. Like, there has not been a complete drop-off. Was it a disappointing season to end last year? Yes. I mean, we still got to the tournament. We were one and done. Realized that shouldn't be the expectation of this program anymore. But it's not like we fell off a complete cliff with the whole program in general. Like, I agree. I and I think that attests to the co- the coaching staff. They need the credit, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. It's I just think like first time viewers that watch, you know, the team in general just don't like the style of pay, play or the pace of play. Yeah, it might seem seem unorthodox to you, but we get wins and we're consistently close with competing for the Big Ten title. That's our program. Twenty fifteen, the Badgers in possessions per game were three forty six out of three fifty one. There you go. Look, look at this. <laughs> and we had two top fifteen picks. Dude, Ooh. the Badgers have always been in the three fifties. There they you go. Sixty one possessions per game in twenty fifteen. They Look at the us now. Efficient. Okay, that's the difference. That's Ooh. the difference between that team and like a team like what we have today. Pace is faster. We get more opportunities. But that team is just a little more. Was way more efficient with what they could yeah, do. Yeah, the efficiency. Wow, literally shoot lights out. Yeah. You have a player of the year on the block, and who can also go shoot threes. That makes a yeah. bit of a difference. That I was mean. fun. Exactly. So, Jake, I'm glad you brought up the off season stuff because I had that written down, and. Mm-hmm. So all the off-season distractions, the expected to be maybe in the middle of the pack, and then throw in that they play in what I would say is the toughest conference in basketball, college basketball. Add the fact that they're starting a freshman point guard, and yep. both of their centers are transfers. I mean, basically, I mean, if you look at it, they had three guys that have any sort of continuity on this team. Three. And they are the ones a sophomore, and they're at the top of the conference, the toughest conference in college basketball. And then throw in the stuff that you guys had the Alondo Tucker situation, like that. As far as I mean, just offseason distraction before you even get into the fact that okay, now we're going into a starting lineup with you know three guys that were here last year, and then I'm looking at freshmen and transfers. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, makes it tough, man. Yeah. It's, guards don't have a hell of a job. Yeah, our top two point guards, for the record, to our freshman, Lauren Bowman. This is his first year playing full minutes as well. So I mean, our our guard, our point guards are you know legit first time on the court as well. So it's like it's it's unreal. I think, and I did not. None of us expected this coming, uh, except for those guys in the locker room, probably. So uh, yeah, yeah. I really expected us to like. Watch. It really. I expected really, us to be where Iowa is right now. That's where yeah. I expected yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like a there. like an eight nine seed for the Badgers preseason. Yeah. We said that but, at the beginning. I think I said eleven seed honestly. The last time I was on here, when we were doing predictions, I'm pretty sure I said eleven seed with like the play in uh-huh. game. So, 
so I didn't write a seed down. I think I said eleven. But the Badgers lost four of their top seven scorers from last season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all freaking thirty years old, so <laughs> they're all as old as us. Man. Hey, man, Jordan Bohan is thirty, and he they still let him play right now. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if he leads in minutes per game, Isaac. Okay, he's not nobody, better than Drew Holiday. About, yeah, nobody cares about. He's Fred not Fred. better than Drew Holiday. If if that is the reason, that is complete bullshit. The best <laughs> players should be in the All Star game, right? Yeah. Ask me a question: Is Van Vliet better than Drew Holiday? No. Ask fans. No, he's not better than Drew Holiday. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let this go. I yeah. I hate Fred Van Vliet less than Tyler, and I'm pissed off right now. Yeah. Well, I know, Isaac, I know it's, I know Isaac, it's not your fault, Isaac. Isaac, I still Isaac we're you. here to shoot the messenger. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we shoot the <laughs> messenger on <laughs> <at> the <this> show. <laughs> All right, All right so a couple oh, things. Mike asked us if we considered doing a Big Ten college recruiting show um, this summer. I mean, if, if baseball doesn't happen, we're going to have tons of time to talk about stuff. So um, we might end up having, you know, might end up having that. Um, Rod well, we could take all our time and talk about Rogers like ESPN does <laughs> and predict him well, going to Tennessee because he's building a house. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'll give you a spoiler alert. On February 24th, we're going to have Andy Herman on the show, so we're definitely going to ask him about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. So, yes, um, so that'll be fun to discuss. Rob asked us why to explain why we got rid of DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I'll give you the short answer. Um, he's not a defender, and he can't shoot threes. That's the short answer. Um also saved 1.4 million by cutting him when they did, and the Bucks need a rim protector and a three-point shooter, and Demarcus Cousins is neither of those things. <laughs> yeah, for real. No, he's 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 gonna go play in the XFL because him and The Rock were seen having dinner together. That's where Rogers is really going. I saw the t- oh, I saw like the okay. national thing. Like I saw, like Taylor Swift rumors too. Like, oh like, my god, bro! <laughs> the amount of rumors that, that people make up. Taylor Swift I want I saw a bunch of things. It was like, um, it was like post what your sources are telling you. I want to post this on the page because it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, I dear. said that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to use the extra year of NCAA avail- eligibility because of a COVID rule, and he's going to go play quarterback <laughs> for the Badgers next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the last last question, it's kind of more of a an open thing, but three goals for the rest of the season. We'll so we'll go three, two, one. Um Mike, kick us off. Give us your number three goal for the rest of the season for the Badgers. So I I guess I'm just gonna make this more of an individual thing. Johnny Davis player of the year. I'm gonna say that as my number okay. three. Um All right. you know, he's you know, you've come this far. Why why not go after go get it, you know? you found ways, different ways to, you know, affect the, the game, like the games now that other teams are coming after your ass. Um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. If you're not knocking down your jumpers, go get boards, get those second chance opportunities, get to the free throw line. He's starting, I think he's, I know he's going through some growing pains in that regard, but I think he's starting to also figure out too. At the He'll same adjust. Time. So I'm looking for, I, I think number three goal, get him like, let's get him player of the year. Um, he deserves it right now with how much he's he's carried this team and, you know, how much further he can carry this team. So uh, that's going to be my number three. Jake, give me your number three goal for the season. So Mikey and I are in the same wavelength. And this one's also for Tyler. 
Um, I want to see Brad Davison trying to pump up the road crowds a little bit more. I love seeing that at Northwestern, dude. So I just wrote that down kind of as a joke, but it, that means we're playing well. So if he does that, it's all good, and we all get a laugh. <laughs> all right. My number three goal is to win the Big Ten, the regular season, and the tournament on route to a one to two seed. Um, I see a two seed is more likely just because they do play Michigan State again and they do play Purdue again. So if they, you know, they did beat nebraska and minnesota this week but they lost to illinois so i have a feeling they're probably going to stay right around that 11th uh ranking so that's mine is to win the big 10 regular season and tournament title all right mikey number two all right i'm just this is pretty broad but i'm just going with we like let's get some better bench play in general yeah that's my number two okay yeah perfect (laughs) uh i'll just really quickly to go over it i think the one guy I just really, really am going to critique a lot down the stretch here, now that he seems to be healthy, is going to be Ben Carlson. I go like earlier. I said he and he was he was a high recruit coming out of high school too. He's got the Big Ten build, build and everything. I'm just looking for him to come in and even give like one of these games. He's going to drop 10 for 10 double. I think in my view, I think it just it's going to happen. I don't know which game. But he's going to be the one guy I'm really, really going to watch. He it, he must have been injured or something because he completely took Carter Gilmore's minutes. He's not going to play anymore this year unless they need him to go, you know, get some fouls or something real quick at the end of an half or end of the game. So um, I'm looking. I'm the scope. My, the scope is going to be on him for me with the bench, but the bench has to be more involved going down the stretch, and that should be a big goal for this, in my view, for this team. Well, that's. I'm just gonna go second because mine's basically the same. Um, yep. In addition to Carlson, uh, Lauren Bowman is also the other guy. Uh, I mean, I've mentioned him as a guy that could help with three point shooting because he seems mm-hmm. like he 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 seems like he shoots with confidence. So he's a guy that I'm looking for to help with um, three point shooting. Uh, uh, Bowman's been averaging five points a game over the last four games, um, and Carlson's six and six in the two games that Tyler Wall wasn't 100. percent So. Um, I'm looking for those two to add some bench scoring. I'm going to answer Michael's question real quick. Who wins the Super Bowl? <laughs> In my house, I want to say the Rams because my father-in-law is a huge Rams fan from L.A. But I am pulling for the Bengals because I love me some Joey Burrow, man. That guy is cold Yeah, baby. Go Tigers. Yes, yes. That is, that's the man right there. Um, my number two, uh, I agree with Brad on one of the points on getting fast break points. It could help, you know, negate the shooting problem. And the point that I make this is because, you know, your leading rebounder is also your more, most athletic player. So why not let Johnny Davis get the rebound? You have a Chucky Hepburn, you know, run up the floor with him. He could shoot. Brad Davison can shoot. You can have Crowell on a secondary break. Kind of use him like a Bobby Portis, you know. He's not super fast. He could come up. He can get lost. If he shoots that with confidence, why not? But yeah, Davis, Davis going Davis. to the line. It's going to be hard or going to the, the rim on the fast break. It's hard to stop him. He's athletic and he's got a quick second jump. So even if he, he misses out, he can throw down on people. Right. He did it in Indiana. Yeah. He did it twice in a row. And, and he, he, he did down. this against Minnesota where he went and he got a shot and he missed it. And he jumped so fast. He got the ball and he put it up so fast. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, how did he get that rebound so fast? <laughs> yeah. But I would just like to see, I guess this is more of a personal thing for Johnny Davis. If you see an opportunity, you see a little crack and you think you can get there, get there. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right, Mike, what's your number one goal for the Badgers for the rest of the season? Um, win the Big Ten. 
you know, if there's one thing I've seen, you know, yeah. watching like these teams play, watching our team, every team in this conference is beatable in my view for the Badgers. They are beatable. Are we going to win every game? No. But every single team is what? Beatable. Fire Greg Gard. We're not winning every game. Fire Greg. Oh, that guy sucks. Nah. <laughs> every team Make no mistake about it. With the guys that we have, we can beat any team in the conference. We can. Okay. Last night was a bad night, a bad shooting night. You know yep. how many games in the past the Badgers have had where they've had similar shooting nights to that? It's happened more than once. So the fact that we, you know, we were 0 of 13 or what it was at halftime from three, we we're only down four or six. We we're still right in the game. You know, we're going to have off shooting nights, not perfect. But Illinois is still very, very beatable. Purdue, we beat that. We already know we can beat them, right? Who's next? You know, Indiana, we beat. Ohio State, we beat. Michigan, Michigan State, State, that's going to be a huge test on the road. Tyler Wall, I think, is going to come down with his nuts hanging out, and he's going to want to drop a double double <laughs> on their butt. Person, that's just my personal opinion. On the road, he's going to want he's going to want a little bit of payback. So that's going to be a big yeah. night. Tuesday is, you know, I mean, not to get away from this Saturday either against Penn, Penn State, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's, that's kind of, it's hard to not look single, over that game. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Point being, every team in this conference is beatable. It is stacked, yes, but the team that we have, we can beat anybody. We still can. I would, I'm not saying we're going to do it, but we can. Capable. So, yeah, we're definitely capable. Last year, I would have said no. Although at the beginning of last year, I would have said yes, but, you know, we kind of uh, eh, didn't. And we didn't beat well, one team in the top four of the like, league. I, I, I felt like was. last year that Micah Potter and Nate Reavers were allergic to the paint. Yeah, and that goes back to the whole pick and pop thing. That's all we did on offense, and oh a bunch of threes. And you know, we, and, we used to have to watch Potter shoot freaking eight three pointers and make one oh of them. God. And then we and then we we're like, oh, the Badgers only down six. We're making a run. No, we're not making a run. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah, and we had like these two of twenty four performances last season. <sighs> we had we have had it before okay it's i am not worried about you know having one bad night like this right yes to a really good team. points that's fine but we're gonna be there at the end the thick of things at the end of the day i still think especially once johnny starts fi- figuring out more and more each game how he can better utilize himself if he's having a poor shooting night for example mm-hmm. so uh, i like i like where the team's at now um we got to a lot of big games co- coming up here, and um, we not, haven't played our best necessarily the last three. But if we get back on track here starting Saturday, I like where this team is headed, especially if we can get that bench production I was talking about. All right, Jake, what's your number one goal for the rest of the season? All right, I got to say something before, the, before I say my answer here. Um, you see what's happened to us. So in the state of Wisconsin, we won the title, the Bucks, right? And then the, the Packers will get the number one seed again. They let us down. We come into this season with no expectations. And now look at us. I'm ready to be hurt again, baby. I'm ready to be hurt again. My number one goal. Damn, you left out the Brewers, too. That was. Uh, oh, I know. But my number one goal is to get a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I want to see that. I want to be a one seed. I want to see the Badgers play a 16 seed and have an easy road to the Sweet 16. And then I'm ready to be hurt again, baby. Let's make it happen. Oh. I would love right. that. I'm taking right. every game like I'm just basking it all in right now because this is probably Johnny Davis's last year with us, and I'm just gonna enjoy yeah. watching this team while I can. Because if Johnny leaves, then yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Chucky Hepburn. I don't want want to think about that. So I'm taking every game, like I'm basking it all in right now because we're literally watching a top five NBA draft pick here. Man. Going off for Wisconsin. And this hasn't happened in. The last top five pick was. was Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to enjoy every game, one game at a time. Just. Just fun watching these guys play, in my view. Even even Alondo Tucker was a 26 overall pick, and he was going head to head with Kevin Durant for Player of the Year. And dude, he went crazy against Greg Oden, bro. I'll never forget that. But no look layup he did on Oden. That shit was cold. It stuck in my head. <laughs> stuck in my head. All right. My number one goal is a little more statistic driven, and it's okay. for the Badgers to raise their three point shooting to 35. percent They're at 31.7 right now. They're in like the low 200s of division one for three-point shooting i want to see the badgers get over 35 percent on three-point shooting um that comes down to davis and davison obviously but it also comes down to guys like chucky hepburn who's improving it feels like chucky hepburn's been improving every game over the yep. last month and a half or so um and then you know the other couple of the other guys we mentioned like lauren bowman if he can add some three-point consistency um but i just want to see the badgers as a collective like crowell's been been adding some some three point boost here and there. He's good for maybe two you know two threes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to see the Badgers as a collective get over thirty five percent on three point shooting. I like that. Okay. So I got two things that's going to happen here. Okay, one's a surprise, but two I'm going to ask you guys a question because I really want to know. I was thinking about it today. If you need free throws to win a game, right? Say we're playing against Michigan State and we're trying to close out the game. Who is the player you want going to the line for the Badgers? Brad I'll tell Davison. you my pick. I'll tell you my pick after. You said Davison. Brad, I knew you were going to do, do that. Who do you say? Who do you say, Mikey? I was going to say Brad Davison as well, honestly, because only because because he's shown it plenty of times this year already. He's more I mean, experienced, he's kind of, too. I feel like he's got I the – say, the Georgia Tech game I can think of off the top of my head, he saved our butts yep, yep. in that game. Um, well – I think there was two games at one game at home in particular too. I forget which one it was, but I've seen him numerous times. You know, you okay. know, do the same thing at the end of the games. He makes those free throws, like Mister. I don't want to call Mister Clutch all the time, but like out of all the starting five, everybody else. Hi. Uh, I would. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, is that the surprise? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. You're gonna <laughs> like the surprise. All right, I'm good. I'm good then. Okay, anyway. so my answer. I don't know why, but I feel a certain way about Tyler Wall. I just do. I just feel I feel like Tyler Wall. I mean, we had that game where we missed all those free throws against Northwestern, and yeah. Tyler Wall was one that went to the free throw line with the big nuts, and he was just like, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right so the surprise is coming right now. Give it to me. Give it to me. Oh. I got to hold up. I got to hold up. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah. Just hit me. Just hit me. <laughs> I'll watch it. Just come on. Uh, I wasn't. I come wasn't on. ready for it. I'm glad. You yeah, uh, I was not very good this year in fantasy football. Look at my hat hair. It is what it is. My <laughs> daughter is adorable. So you all can look at that. Look at my cute <laughs> girl. Hi, Momo. <laughs> so I'm about to take a pot of the face. So yes. <laughs> oh, Bucky. Come on. This is downfire pie to hey. the face. That was good. That was I pay up. <laughs> I pay, hey, Steve. Steve, you still owe us a pie, Steve. 
Oh I think my Nick God. still owes us a pie. Good work, whatever. Jake. Good work, man. Hey, I had to pay up, man. I had to pay up. It is what it is. Look at my daughter. She's like, what the heck are you doing, Dad? Do I get to lick this off? No, Winter. Hi, Mama. Hi, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, oh, that's good stuff. Uh, I'm going to get off, and I'm going to clean my face now. Uh, all right that was good thing. mike thanks for joining us again we will be back on wednesday next week on our normal day yeah thanks a lot guys looking That's forward to getting on here more talking more badger hoops and yeah, recruiting for football too and yeah let's do it yeah i like whipped cream <laughs> all right peace all out right, boys see next week see you guys When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.